but I could go on Etsy, and they're selling it for cheaper. Or just shrink your head. It's I've met one person in my life that has a bigger head than I do. And what hats did they wear? They didn't wear hats. They were not a hat guy. Yeah. Welcome on into the Good Time Sports Podcast. I'm your host and producer today, Brittany Carson. Joined by me is Colin Brown, and we fired Andrew again. <laughs> so, he had a hot take about OU, so I said no more. I can't have this blasphemy on the pod. Dare we say Oklahoma is back? I'm not going to say that because <laughs> then something <laughs> catastrophic is going to happen. That's just a UT fan thing, so... Mm. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to get into some MLB, some F1, NHL, college football, NFL, and then enter on this day in sports. And big news, we're on YouTube now. Well, About. we'll be uploading audio on YouTube. Yes, this episode will be the first one So on YouTube. Hey, YouTube. What's up? We're a Good Time Sports Podcast. We talk about sports and sometimes some other random stuff. Like head sizes, apparently. Hey, you got the biggest head. I do. I do. A lot of empty space up there. Speaking of heads <laughs> and hats, let's move it on over to baseball. So, for the record, you weren't on last week's episode where we did our baseball predictions, but I did do your predictions for you. Yep, and so my the- predictions have been okay. The Rangers were the only thing that threw it off. I think out of of the six of us that made predictions technically last week, I think we're all kind of in that same boat where we're like, some of them were like, yeah. And then others were like, oh, and Minnesota. I thought, I thought Toronto, Toronto would have done better. And man, they were awful. Yeah. So I was, I'm going to do this with you right here. So we both thought Toronto would advance. Twins obviously are serious. I can't uh, believe he chose Texas. I did. I'm a Rangers fan, and I didn't here's think the thing. they'd be playing super hot right now. It, it was a perfect storm because I saw Tampa was down because of just all their stuff that they've been going on this yep. year. I figured they'd be a quick out. And then I looked at Baltimore, and I said, they're a young team. I believe Texas, if they can get hot at the right time, they can score more runs than the Orioles, and they did. So I was wrong on... I mean, I had the Orioles losing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the Tampa. Tampa. Yeah. No, I just had correctly called Texas, which is crazy. Um, I had, I think I had Milwaukee, I think. Interesting. Um, and then Arizona, yeah, clearly. I had Arizona. Yeah. And then. Did I have? No, oh, did I? Had, I, did I, had, I had, did I have Arizona? I can't even remember I don't now. No, if you did or not. I know I sure did, but I think I had the Dodgers beating Arizona, if I remember correctly. Uh, I know, I know I had Philly winning. So, so that's, I'll take that. So I'm at least. At least two, right? Maybe three. Oh, I had Philly sure. winning too. Yeah. Well, I mean, we all did. Yeah. It was. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because it was a six-zero nothing uh, pick for Philly yeah. over Miami, which was crazy because it was the only unanimous pick we had. Well, it's Miami. It's true. They it's Miami. They they don't have a whole lot at the moment. Uh, but speaking of playoffs, uh, Jordan Alvarez is him. Yes, the new Mister October. Mm. Lofty expectations for arguably the best hitter. 500 average or 0.500 average. He's six for 12, four home runs, dude, two doubles, six RBIs. I, I saw somewhere, it may have been on like MLB Network where, well, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That's literally why I was so, reading off the stats like that. Right there. Well, no, they did something on MLB Network. Um, I think it was before game two 
If not, I'm, I forget when it was, but they were comparing his stats to prime David Ortiz like yeah. when he first kind of came onto the scene and like his postseason stats and everything. And Jordan compares very, very well yeah. to David Ortiz. I don't know why people still pitch to him. Even Jeff Passan like made multiple tweets like, why are you still pitching to Jordan? Uh, as a Seattle Mariners fan, I can concur with that because <laughs> that is not a decision that you should make lightly. Uh, but going back, uh, Toronto got just blown out by the Twins. So Twins advanced. And that was without uh, Byron Buxton as well. Yep. Uh, Carl, here's the thing. Who is also back now. Now, which that's insane because that could mean the Twins make a miraculous run that no one thought that they could potentially yep. do after not winning a playoff series and god knows how long um carlos correa i gotta say it when he is healthy and he is on the field he is arguably a top five player in baseball yeah you know this from his history in mm-hmm. houston he has been i think so far arguably the mvp of that twins team he's been insane so far yup and he was a big reason why i had faith in the twins winning that division at the beginning of the year he's now showing his worth in the postseason and now Where he's been multiple times yeah and now he's showing that experience he's leading a team that like you said doesn't have a lot of experience to nope. a position now where they're one or they're two games away excuse me from potentially making it to the alcs you know how wild it would be if the twins take on the rangers that would be wild but you know what would be wilder it would be a texas showdown oh that'd just be and i would be concerned for the rangers yeah. I think they have a better chance against the Twins than they would the Astros. See, I was asking some people this. And because for some reason, the Astros have the Rangers number. Well, it, but people were saying the same thing about the Twins. Like, the Twins had a really good record against the Rangers this year. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, you know. The, I just think they can, just due to history and what I've seen every time, I just think it's better off to try to take on the Twins. Yeah. No, I mean, if I'm the Rangers, I would also agree with that sentiment. But if you ask, I... I was Ubering people uh, last night to the Ranger game. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, taking them to Texan Live and the whole stadium and everything. And I was just asked, like, you know, how do you feel about it? And they're like, yeah, we hope we win tonight, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, so then who would, if you win, who would you rather face, Houston or Minnesota? Almost unanimously, unanimously, I got Houston. It was insane. The amount of people that just wanted that matchup with the Astros. Well, and, yeah, wanting it and winning it are two different things, though. Fair point. <laughs> yes, fair. But it's just like... Hey, it, thankfully, no, not many people were chanting, we want Houston. Well, I did see a sign-up. I did see a sign-up as the... It was on uh, social media as the fans were leaving the ballpark. Some fan was holding it up, and it was, like, behind his head. Stop being the Yahoo that it, does that. It <laughs> never goes well. It never. There was one. I did see it, but... That literally makes them win for some reason. But speaking yeah. of the Rangers, took on Tampa Bay, and Tampa looked bad. Like, real bad. So, Rangers swept them. Yep. Moved on to Baltimore, where the Rangers also swept Baltimore. Yeah, it's Baltimore. Okay, I'll, I'll start with Tampa. Tampa, to me, was just a team that didn't have a lot of momentum. They had a lot of issues throughout the regular season that we kind of touched on. Yep. And they were, their greatest strength took a hit. They were down two starters uh, going into the series, and Texas's offense People all across Major League Baseball have said this. If Texas's offense can get hot at the right time, they can play with anybody. I wouldn't even say it was only that. The pitching got hot at the right time, too. Well, it was. Montgomery no, was pitching lights out. But no, that's what I was getting to. Yeah. So it was the fact that you complimented Texas's offense, which has been the best, arguably, in baseball all yep. year. And then you get the pitch and go along with that. Tampa stood no chance. Then you run into a Baltimore team that, again, 
first time really being here. Mm-hmm. It's the arguably well, one. I'd say we can at this point call the Rangers first time being there. Yeah. Lord knows how long. Well, it's, you know, true. But I mean, they have like Corey Seager. They have some veterans on the team. Sure. Uh, But it's also with Baltimore, it was arguably one of the most successful seasons in their franchise's history. Yep. A lot of expectations, especially being the number one overall seed. Yep. And Texas just, it's one of those things that Alex Rodriguez said this on a show that I can't remember. He says young teams, it's especially important to play consecutively because when you take a week off, it feels like multiple months off. Yep. And Tampa, or excuse me, Baltimore seemed to get really rusty. They kind of lost their uh, rhythm that they had towards the end of the year when they really cinched the AL East. And Texas, being the younger team, like you said, in certain spots, they were able to ride that momentum from the Tampa Bay series through Baltimore. And now they find themselves in the ALCS awaiting the winner of Houston and Minnesota. Yep. And so, I mean, yeah. You said it best. Rangers just kept that momentum going. Yeah. So, I mean, LeClerc has been just fantastic closing. Uh, Chapman has been making it close <laughs> in the eighth inning. Yeah, I just, he was brought in. Obviously, he was a big name reliever that, you know, Texas. He has been, speed. He does, but it's, it, he's control not. Control is the issue right now. Well, it's control. And it's the fact that I think he's lost a little bit of confidence as well. I mean, he was at one time arguably the best relief pitcher in all of baseball, some would yep. say. And now he's, you know, in a team that, you know, has high expectations, but he himself, I don't think he's confident in really just almost any of his pitches. He feels like he's, because he's not the main guy anymore and that he's kind of more in a reduced role, that's, I mean, at this stage in his career, that's what he is. But I don't think he's mentally at the strongest point in where you kind of need him. And the Rangers are going to need him, especially in this next upcoming series. Yeah, and he was a late pickup, too, for he the was. Rangers. So. He was. And, but it, it was the Rangers addressed the bullpen, which everyone had asked him to, but yep. sometimes not all help is the best help. No. So I mean, but he's better than what we had. No, I agree. But at times, he's also not as good as what you had because he can get erratic and he can... Sure, but with how it's been right now, he's still been able to at least close out and not cause too much chaos. And I'm obviously he's not uh Leclerc, which has been he's been phenomenal yeah. for the Rangers. He's he's performing uh at the level that they thought he would at the beginning of the season. Um outside of him, how many guys in the bullpen would you take over Aroldis? Say it is like the eighth inning. It's a tie ball game. You know, we'll, we'll say the batters coming up for either Houston or Minnesota are kind of interchangeable. Is there how many guys in the bullpen would you rather have come out there in the eighth than Aroldis Chapman? In your opinion, uh, I don't even know. Because how, like, if it was Martin Perez pitching how he was last year, and we just wanted to shift him into a like closing kind of role, I'd say sure. But he's kind of unpredictable too right now. So I was like, I'd almost say Chapman right now, just because he does have a little bit more, I guess, control. Like when the pressure's on, he like his erraticness kind of closes in, and he can actually start hitting the strike zone more. Mm-hmm. So maybe he just needs the pressure put on him. But, my Lord, sometimes we don't want that pressure. <laughs> no, especially for a team that's, I mean, every game matters at this point. Yep. I mean, I, here's the thing. When you're at this point to the Rangers, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, you are a contender. If you're in the Final Four, you are looked at as somebody that could viably challenge for a World Series championship. Excuse me. And every inning, every out, I mean, listen, if you ask Rangers fans, they understand the value of a strike in late yes. game situations. So, yes. We'll see, you know, and that could be a decision that Bruce Bochy is going to have to make, you know, in this next upcoming series, you know, when he gets into the later stages, you know, Montgomery, Yavaldi, they mm-hmm. give you those great kind of starting points. Who's going to come in? You know, who does he trust in this spot? So it'll be interesting to see for sure. Yep.
Moving on over from the Rangers. Uh, we'll cover Arizona. Uh, Arizona sweeps Milwaukee. Yeah, they Jeez. just it was just better ball better ball game. It was it was better Arizona. I very much and you said this and I'll I'll give you credit. I very much underestimated Arizona's pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Milwaukee would win that matchup fairly handily. I mean, I respect Zach Gallon obviously. Paul On Sewell. the books, Milwaukee has better pitching. That's what it looked like. Yep. And then it, Arizona was the better team, just period, throughout the series. I had that feeling. I was like, something, yeah. their pitching's going to click, and because it, no. it was due. Yeah, and you were right. And so. now they're sitting here. They beat, obviously, Milwaukee, who yep. just, I mean, offensively, they were always going to be mm-hmm. a challenge going up against Arizona. And now they're taking on the L.A. Dodgers, and right now Arizona's leading 2-0. You got to sit there and think, okay, the Dodgers, there's <laughs> the levels of money ball in baseball is insane because the Dodgers, right? They really much kind of didn't go all in this year. I mean, yes, they made some moves at the deadline to try to address some offensive issues at shortstop and whatnot. Yep. But with the injuries to Gavin Lux, Walker Bueller, um, and then Julio Urias' situation, all of that, right? They were down so much significant talent, but they were still talented enough to secure the number two seed, lock it up. And I think the Dodgers is focused like their front office and potentially maybe even their uh, management is not all on in this year because they're trying to potentially get Otani next year. And I think they just, they've sustained too many blows along with um, Clayton Kershaw just not living up to Oh my goodness. Expectations. He tanked. He, he became playoff Walker yeah. or not play, playoff, playoff Clayton, excuse me. Walker Bueller's obviously not playing. But yeah, it's, it was a tough blow for Los Angeles. They now find themselves at a 2 0 hole and maybe out of it by the time you're listening to this. So it's, yeah, it's been a rough one for the Dodgers. Um, Maybe but they I should have kept Trevor Bauer. I, it's, it could be. <laughs> but, I, you know, that whole situation still unfolding. No, it, it's done now. Well, I mean, it's it's not like, it's not, here's the thing. It's it's done, but it's also not done, if that makes sense. It's like he's done in terms of, like, he's addressing it, but in terms of, like, him getting back into Major League Baseball, that's not at all. Oh, yeah, there's, who knows? Yeah, exactly. He's having a good start over there in uh, Japan, so. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Moving on, the Phillies. Philly. Yeah, Phillies. Bryce Harper. Whipped. God, you, you got to think there. There may not have been a better long-term invas- investment than Bryce Harper to the Philadelphia Phillies. Yeah, he has completely changed that culture well, back around. Even in high school, he was dominant, and MLB knew it then. Oh well, yeah. And I then mean, he goes and plays. Uh, what was it, Juco ball? That way he can just, like, move right over real quick. Yeah, So, and the fact that, he, you know, he took on a position change this year, um, really stepped into a leadership role. From an injury. Uh, yeah, from an injury. He, I mean, yeah, we all knew that he had this potential coming out, as you mentioned, out of high school. I think he was on the Sports Illustrated cover, I mean, yep. at a very young age. Um, he's definitely lived up to that, and now he's got Philadelphia and a potential another long run where they're taking on Atlanta, who they knocked off, I believe it was last year. Uh, in the same, yes, they I took, believe so. I'm, I don't know if it's DS or CS. Yeah, but now they're you know it's tied one one at the time of recording this, and Philly could very well tip the scales with a win here tonight. Yep. So, like you said, tied up. It's good matchups all around. You got Houston playing tonight. Uh, I think is Arizona. And, yeah, no, all these, all, all three, of, yeah, all three, all three of them are playing. So. Yep, other than Texas, obviously. Yeah, Texas so. gets to rest. So, yeah, which will help or hinder. Yeah, I guess only time will tell. I really hope it helps. Uh, other than that, you got anything else with baseball? Nothing much other than this is the best time of year to be 
a baseball enjoyer, so uh, I enjoy it. The whole season is the best time of year to be okay. a baseball enjoyer, sir. You're telling me that a game in May that you have a random fifth starter coming in just on a it's baseball, loop one baby. day. It's baseball. This is the best time. This right now, October baseball. The numbers don't lie, Brendan. Yeah. No, this is the time of year. Well, yeah. you know what else it's time for? What time is it? Some little F1. Okay. Cars go vroom. Cars go vroom. At Qatar. At Qatar. It's this race, right? So, Brennan, you know how we've kind of talked about, and for the most part, it's been like Max Verstappen wins. Why am I not surprised he got P1? Yeah. Well, actually, he didn't get P1 for the whole weekend because they, in a sprint format, in which case there's kind of a short race on Saturday before the actual race on uh, Sunday, he did not win that one. Oscar Piastri, the young stud phenom rookie actually took his first win in a sprint race for McLaren. He ended up finishing P2 in the regular race. The reason why this race, though, was so chaotic was multiple reasons, right? Um, one, Qatar, right? They were racing. It was a nice a night race. Conditions were insanely hot on the track and in the cockpit. Drivers left, right, and center, uh, we're dealing with multiple physical kind of just dealings in the car. We had drivers throwing up in their helmets. We had drivers retiring due to not feeling well. Um, we had drivers trying to see if they could get water splash on them because the conditions were so hot. Um, multiple people were saying they had to go get checked into the medical center after the race because of how harsh the conditions were. And not to mention, and just from a pure strategic standpoint, the uh, FIA forced drivers to take three pit stops because they said the tires, quote-unquote, would not last the stand of the track, and they were concerned for driver safety, so they mandated that the cars come in for at least three pit stops throughout the race. Um, there was like a limit of 18 laps per stint. Excuse me. Um, and yeah, it's it was an absolutely pleasure to watch, one of the best races of the season. We've gotten a lot of those, especially in the second half, which I've really enjoyed. But Max Verstappen still comes away. He is inevitable um, for his 49th career Grand Prix victory, followed by the two McLaren drivers, uh, Oscar and Lando, uh, rounding out the podium. This was an absolute just showcase of a race that you really got to see the harsh realities that the drivers sometimes put themselves through. And it was an absolutely pleasure to watch Lewis Hamilton um, rarely made a mistake that cost him valuable points, and uh, he took ownership after that. Uh, lap one, uh, lap one collision, excuse me, with his teammate George Russell um, caused them both to spin out on turn one of the very first lap of the race. Uh, George ended up finishing P four, coming back in a really impressive drive. It was a heck of a race that, from multiple standpoints, I mean, you had drivers not being able to stay on the track limits because they were just, the lines were so blurred. Um, you had, like I said, retirements due to just not feeling well. Um, you had people just flying all over the track. Fernando Alonso just plain and simple, just missed a turn at one point and just drove completely just off the track. Um, yeah, just an absolutely insane race from Formula One. And I... I'm still trying to just wrap my head around the whole weekend, to be honest. But mm -hmm. 
it was it was it was one of those races where if Brennan, I know you don't watch F one. If you would have watched this race, you would have been like fairly entertained, I felt, during this whole throughout. Because it was it was an actually close race. Yeah. I mean not Max Verstappen just way ahead of people. No, and that's I mean, due to all the conditions that I just mentioned, he only won, I believe, by four yeah, just a little over four seconds, which in Formula One terms is a fairly close race. Um Max was in the lead, you know, from lap one to the onset, but it was something that you were kind of confused as a fan because multiple drivers had different strategies that were all going to be the same, but Mm -hmm. they weren't. And so you would sit there and guys like, you know, Alex Albon, you're sitting there. Okay. Is he, is he in a really good position right now? What the heck is he pitted yet? Like you had to like double check in your head, like what was going on. And, Credit to, you know, Max, he's still killing it. He probably will win every race, I feel like, through the rest of the season. But good Lord, uh, Oscar Piastri, what a free... We haven't seen a rookie this good in probably more than a decade. I mean, the fact that he got a race win in it, granted a sprint, still a race win, finishing P2 ahead of his teammate Lando, um, he's phenomenal. He's probably going to be a future world champion and maybe a multi-world champion someday. And it's just a pleasure to see just some young talent just rise before your very eyes to the occasion. And I can't wait to see what the rest of his, not only season, but career looks like. So um, the next race, ironically, is here in the United States. That's a couple weeks from now, so we'll preview that on next week's episode. But wow, oh wow, just an absolute banger of a race um, in Qatar. And yeah, I think they, they did sign an agreement. So it's going to be a race that we're going to see for the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would very much for the driver safety and just, <laughs> you know, the fact that so many of them had to get checked out by the medical center afterwards, uh, maybe just move the race to a different time of year because they were in. So, I mean, they were to give you an idea. I mean, they were literally sitting there and like propping open their helmets to just try to get airflow in. They were like holding their hands out, like on straightaways, just like this, just to try to get air flowing into the cockpit. And, um, yeah, it's, it was an absolutely just pleasure to watch. And I can't wait for Coda, which is another sprint race. Um, but we'll talk about that here next week. Um, without any further ado, Brennan's, I think taking enough of a break at this point, let's get over to the NHL. It is that time of year. Hockey season has started. The puck has dropped on the NHL season. Uh, We had a couple games happen uh, yesterday where, you know, we wanted to get this before the NHL season. Obviously, you know, life happens. We're recording this now. So we're going to give you our predictions for the NHL season. But, uh, yeah, what? first of all, Connor Bedard, real deal, gets points in his debut. Um, yep. or I think it was eight point. Uh, he looks really good. Chicago's got somebody that they can build their franchise around, which why does it have to be Chicago again? Like <laughs> Chicago, why does it, I out of all teams to get arguably the best prospect in however many years, why does it have to be Chicago? Um, Vegas still looks legit. They absolutely pounded the crack in last night, four to one, uh, with a gnarly check. Yeah. It was one of those where, Seattle, and again, speaking as a Kraken fan who brought his hat today, Seattle, I hope, can compete at some point for Stanley Cup. 
they are not at the level of Las Vegas at this current moment. No. So it's uh, it, it's tough pill to swallow, and I think there will be some growing pains, and that, unfortunately, last night was a very big pain of growing. So, yep. so like you kind of said, Vegas won over the Seattle Krakon. We had the Blackhawks-Chicago won. Uh, and then I think Tampa. Yes, Tampa was the other team. Yep. That one given Pittsburgh their loss. So Yo, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh how you feeling about hockey in general with Seattle besides, you know? No, I, I feel I feel good. We've got a lot of young talent. Obviously, Matty Beneers, um, trophy winner last year. Mm-hmm. Uh we have Yanni Gord coming back. Uh Grubauer, I think will really um be a contributor for us this year. Uh you know, obviously, Brandon Tanev, the guy who got checked last night, he's just always a force with his speed. He was uh, a good pickup. Yeah, Jordan Eberle, you know, so. our lone all-star in our franchise's history. We've got a lot of talent. It's just, it's one of those things that we lost last year to Dallas in the second round. And I think, naturally, you hope as a fan that you want your team to take that next progression. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think in the Western Conference, there's a lot of room for improvement of upwards don't be wrong we'll hold our own but i still think there's probably a couple teams probably a tier above us yeah and vegas is one of those teams so yeah it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out but there's a lot of hope for the future i just i would caution kraken fans for immediate returns rather than long-term gains yeah. so that's fair that's how i feel what about what about you sir mr uh western I conference runner-up feel fantastic because Stars kept pretty much everyone. Yeah, which was so. not a given, given the offseason going into it. Yeah, so that was the nice thing is we kept all of our talent. Uh, and I'm th- happy with it. Do you think defense will still be an issue for the Stars? No, because they're... So, like, Hawk and Paw's been doing pretty good. Mm-hmm. And so has uh, Hanley. So okay, I think they'll be good. And then Mirio, when he's playing good, so if Haskinen's is on, like I said. Hey, Skinnins, Hawk and Paw, those are, those are like the two guys. If they're having a good game, we'll be fine. Interesting. Now, I would ask what our resident Las Vegas Golden Knights fan has to say about this, but he's not on the pod he, today. He's a Stars fan, I thought. Oh, we have video evidence suggesting otherwise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now I think Jason Robertson, he'll he'll play great during the season again. So, Do you think another 100-point season's in the works, works for him? Uh, dude, I wish. <laughs> I mean, I, what, what a coming out party it's hard to It's hard to say no. Because mm. just from what I've seen him do, I don't I don't want to say no because it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So, but who knows with hockey? That is true. Who one, knows? One year hockey? you could be really good, and who the next knows? year you could be struggling, and you're like, we hadn't lost anyone. What's happening? But no, I have good faith in the stars. So, um, do we want to get into predictions? Are way too early predictions? Way too early predictions that are somehow late. They're way too early. They're still too early. <laughs> sure. Let's get into it. Let's do it. All right. So we want to break it down. You want to start with the Western or you want to go Eastern? Which we'll one? We'll start Eastern. Eastern? Yeah. All right. So we'll start with the Atlantic. You got Tampa. Mm. You got Toronto. Yep. Montreal. Yep. Florida. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Detroit. Mm-hmm. Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And Boston. Yeah. I'm going to have to go Boston just because how phenomenal they did last year. I'm just, it's hard to mess that up. Mm-hmm. Now they did in playoffs, 
They did. But, <laughs> I was about to say, it was hard until it was easy they, to mess yeah. it up. But right. I think they're still going to have a fantastic season. I think Tampa would be the only other team that's kind of that sneaky coming up behind them, but I'd still give it to Boston. So riding with them to win the division. I am. That's a, that's a fair pick. Um, Boston obviously won the, what was it, President's Trophy last year mm-hmm. for having the NHL's best record in the regular season. Yep. I think, I'm just going to go on a limb here, I don't think Boston's going to secure that many points, <laughs> you know, uh, this time around. Mm-hmm. And I think it's actually going to be a really close, closer matchup. And I'm actually going to pick a team that has had their, uh, had their, what, what, what should we call it? Had their uh, shortcomings. Um, over the years as a franchise, and often gets poke fun. You're going to pick. I'm going to pick Toronto. Toronto. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Toronto. It's not a bad pick. I like it. It's. I think the Maple Leafs this year. Maybe I, a Canadian team can actually get together. I. I think. <laughs> I think this year in the regular season they're going to come out focused. They're going to come out with a purpose. Play every night like it's their last. And I like the Maple Leafs this year to win the Atlantic Division. I respect it. Like I said, I, I, I like that pick too. So it's a good one. I mean, Boston, Tampa, Toronto, those those are high up. Even Florida, man. If, mm-hmm. uh, Florida, man. <laughs> Florida, man. Yeah. <laughs> Florida, man strikes again on the ice. Yeah, clearly. So, Go I mean, Panther. Yeah, th- those are all really good. I think Buffalo's still just young, and they need they need work. There's a, there's a lot of teams that I feel like they have a bright future um, in this division, but I just... I think it's a clear pecking order at the top. I still think I like Tampa Bay, Boston, Toronto as kind of the main three, and then with Florida being a respectable kind of contender as well. Yep. Moving on over to the Metropolitan, we have the Washington Capitals, New York, New Jersey, Carolina, Columbus, Philadelphia, New York, and Pittsburgh. Do you want me to go first this time? Go for it. I'm going to roll with the New Jersey Devils as my pick to win this division. They were very comparative, competitive Excuse me, with the uh, Carolina Hurricanes last year. I think they kind of rebound this year and potentially um, really just kind of set their, or plant their foot, I should say, plant their flag in this division and claim the title. I'm going to roll with the New Jersey Devils. Honestly, since you picked them, I'll go a different route. Okay. Because <laughs> of that, I like that pick. I really do. But like we said, Carolina. Okay. I'm going I'm to give it up to the Hurricanes, see, see what storms they got brewing. So we talked about the top level in the Atlantic Division, the Metropolitan. I feel like it's literally those two. Yeah, and then everyone <laughs> else is just kind of, you know, I mean, like floating the ra- around. Yeah, I mean, the Rangers, we'll see. They've kind of got some aging stars on that um, roster. They're not, like... No, I, I won't write them off completely, no. but I don't I don't think they're also on the level of New Jersey and Carolina. No. Pittsburgh's got some work, and Philly's got a lot of work, and the Blue Jackets do. <laughs> so, yep. Moving on over to the Western Conference. Yep. You got Chicago. You got Colorado, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Dallas, Arizona, Minnesota, and Nashville. In the Central Division. Or Central. Yes. Yep. And the Western Conference Central. Uh, you can go first on this one. I wonder who he's going to pick, guys. Do I go my bias route? Because, A, the Stars kept all their key players. I'm a fan of them. But again, when you keep your core, it really is good for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go Stars. I don't, but, yeah, I like the Avalanche. I do, too. 
Um, I also think Minnesota will keep it interesting for a good part of the season and potentially Winnipeg as well. I like the Stars as well. That's the first time we agree. Um, I mean, technically, we agreed on the Metropolitan. I just was like, I'll go different just to be different. No, listen, you're allowed to change. You're allowed to agree with me. I'm choosing to agree with you. I just like to spread, you know, with baseball. No, that's fine. When we put both of our eggs that's in fine. Uh, San Diego's basket, I, I was like, you know what? I, I can't let us both go yeah. down okay. with the ship again. Okay. Well, don't defend yourself later if you're wrong. So I'm not going to be wrong with the stars. Okay. Yeah. okay. Well, I'm I'm picking the stars too, so we're, we're not going to be wrong with the stars. You know, real quick though, <laughs> while we're in the Central. Yep. Minnesota. <laughs> I got a bone to pick with you. Go ahead, Brendan. Your reverse retro jerseys you have this year, you don't deserve those colors. How dare you try to be the North Stars? We own the North Stars, sir. We were the North Stars. You abandoned that team. They came here to Texas, and they've been dominating. You don't get those colors. Leave them alone. They're not yours anymore. So to cross sports for a second, just to make sure. So just so so I'm on the same page as you. You think the Tennessee Titans should own the Oilers jerseys that they own because it, because it was you know they took the team from yep. Houston to Tennessee. Okay, yep. so I agree with that because uh, that's the franchise it's with. Yeah. They just changed names. Exactly. Okay. No, I agree with you. Yeah, but I'm just confirming. No, yeah. Um, yeah. that's that's how I feel about that though. Yeah, like and, I think the Rangers, Texas Rangers for baseball, should do the Washington Senators at any point they want to. Yep. I yeah, like I don't want the. Uh, what would be a good example? I don't want like if Seattle has a new basketball team, I don't want them to claim unless Supersonics. Yeah, they claim yeah. the Super because they moved to Oklahoma City, and Oklahoma should have the right to if they want to to do that as their like retro jerseys. Which that 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 opens up an old another can of beans because Seattle and Oklahoma City do not like each other. Yeah, but <laughs> uh, no, I agree. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're both picking Dallas. So that leaves us with one final division, sir. The Pacific. You have the dominant Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, you have Vancouver. You got Anaheim, Edmonton, Los Angeles, uh, San Jose, Seattle, and the Flames. The Flames. Calgary. Um, I think you kind of know where I'm going, so I'll just get it out of the way. We're both probably going the same thing with Vegas. Uh, no. I'm no. rolling with Edmonton. I'm taking the Oilers. I like that pick. I respect it. It's... I... I have to go. Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are the best one-two punch in the National Hockey League, in my opinion. I think their defense this year will get better, and they're going to challenge Vegas like they did last year. Yeah. And, I mean, it it was really, you know, a four, four-way four fight for the division crown with Vegas, um, Edmonton, the Los Angeles Kings, and then the Kraken kind of fell off towards the end of the year. Um, I expect all four of those teams to still be in contention. Excuse me, maybe with Calgary also throwing their their weight in there, but I like Edmonton this year. I like the uh, I like the Oilers, so I respect Vegas, but I think Edmonton this year this is their year. All right, well there you have it, folks. Our way too early predictions for hockey. Uh, we got one more. We got the prediction, the prediction Stanley Cup matchup and winner. So who are you going with? All right. So, who do you think will take the Eastern Conference? I am going to roll. Is it your New Jersey Devils or I is am. it your Maple Leafs? I'm going to roll with the Devils. 
The Devils, all right. I think so, so the Devils will take the Eastern Conference, according to Cohen. Yep. And they will be taking on either the Dallas Stars or Edmonton. Roll with Edmonton. Edmonton. So we got Edmonton versus New Jersey Devils for the Stanley Cup. You mentioned a Canadian team potentially finally having their year. If I, I, like, Listen, if I'm putting my eggs in any basket, you're going, I'm going to roll with Edmonton. I'm going to roll with the best player in the NHL. Let's get it. All the way. Yes, so I'm picking the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup. Win the Stanley Cup. There is Colin prediction on the way too early. Good time sports podcast hockey prediction. As for mine, it's got to be our year. (laughs) It's got to. Yeah. I need it. Yep. I really do. It's so weird that you're picking Minnesota after the rant you just Oh, yeah, absolutely. No. (laughs) I'm having the Dallas Stars take the Western Conference. And I'm going to say they're going to go up against Carolina. Ooh, I like it. Good good little matchup there. And I like it. It's the Stars year. Come on. That's a no, that's a really fair pick. And that's I you said earlier you're joking, you said it was a biased pick. I, it's really not though, because they not. retained their core. They played fantastic. The issue was defense was falling apart. And then Yeah. No, I think they have the right coach. Ottinger I mean, is literally like the only defense at times. So as long as that doesn't happen, we can win. If you give any him any semblance of defense. That's just it's someone to help him. Oh, trust me. I mean, when we just went, one player uh, defense ended up winning. I felt like the series against Seattle. Yep. Um, because they actually decided to start cracking down. Yeah. So you have so. Dallas over Carolina mm-hmm. in your Stanley Cup Absolutely. for 2024. Wow. If you disagree, how dare you? I know. How dare us have different opinions on a podcast where we talk about all this stuff? Yep. All right. So speaking on different opinions, get on over to college football because someone owes an apology. Oklahoma is back. So we're going to get into that game along with every other other game that occurred over this past week and then preview, obviously, the next games. But first, let's run through the AP Top 25. AP Top 25. We've got, at number one, the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Ohio State. Number four, Florida State. Number five, Brendan's Oklahoma Sooners. Number six, Penn State. Number seven, Washington. Number eight, Oregon. Number nine, Texas. Number number 10, USC. Number 11, Alabama. Number 12, North Carolina. Number 13, Ole Miss. Number 14, Louisville. Number 15, Oregon State. 16, Utah. 17, Duke. 18, UCLA. 19, Washington State. Number 20, Tennessee. 21, Notre Dame. 22, LSU. 23, Kansas. 24, Kentucky. And rounding out the top 25 is the University of Miami. Started to sound like a little uh, auctioneer there at the end. 24, 25. 25. Like, <laughs> that's the uh that's the broadcaster in me. Um yeah, so getting into now the games of the weekend, we'll kind of go we'll save we'll save Brennan's game for the end. I mean, it was one of the bigger games. It was for the whole week. Yeah. So I think it was the biggest game personally. But yeah, it was. All right. Um Georgia Georgia took care. We'll go Yeah, Georgia. We'll, yeah, we'll just go in order of yeah. this thing. And we'll uh, just skip that one. Yeah. For jo- the end, yeah. So. Georgia took care of business. Kentucky, we we said on the podcast that Kentucky potentially could make it a game. And listen, I I'll I'll Boy, did they not. 
They did not. And I'll also give Georgia credit. I, along with many other people in the media, if we want to call ourselves media. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're a form of media at this point. Yeah, exactly. Right? We're, we're, we're we need to start getting our media creds. Yeah. I, well, I have mine, but. <laughs> well, for the pod. Yeah, there sir. you go. There you go. Um, listen, I we criticized Georgia. And we Don't thought. Say we. Well, we in terms of, I said us in the media, or me in the media, I you, say. You and you, the mainstream media. Well, it was us on the podcast last week, a lot of the guys. Because we were sitting there and we are like, hey, man, Georgia. We need to see number one team material. I even made the case that Michigan should have been the number one overall team. But after this performance against Kentucky, they rightfully claim their spot and retain their spot at number one. Uh, yeah, all credit to Brock Bowers and the Georgia Bulldogs. Number two, Michigan also took care of business against Minnesota. Um, yeah. Interesting quote from Mich- uh, excuse me, Minnesota's head coach afterwards calling Michigan a boa constrictor in comparison to how you play against Michigan. I think it's a very fitting uh, description, but I digress. Michigan took care of business, fifty-two to ten. Yep. Ohio State, thirty-seven to seventeen over Maryland. Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Kyle McCord, I this is one of his better games. Three hundred twenty yards. This is Two one of his touchdowns. Three hundred twenty yards. The questions that we had about him at the beginning of the season. He's now it's cool. Maryland. But. Yeah. <laughs> it is Maryland, but They're it was still good. No, Talia Tagovailoa, to his brother, uh-huh. uh, started for Maryland. And this was potentially looked at as like potential, hey, this could be interesting. And it was for about maybe a half or so. Yeah. And um, then Ohio State pulled away in the second half. Just too much talent for the uh, Buckeyes. I, I still don't fully trust them, but I will say McCord and Ryan Day seem to be finding a groove with this offense. Yeah. You know what game didn't start out too hot? The Florida State-Virginia Tech game with Florida State dropping 22 in the first. Now, Virginia Tech did make at 10 in the second. Yeah. But yeah, Florida and then State was seven in the third, right? And then, yeah. But still, it's 22 so, in yeah. the first quarter. So, oh. and Jordan Travis didn't have to do a lot in this game. Uh, 170 for two touchdowns. He, to me, and I had them, he was my preseason Heisman pick. He's improved as a player, but there's just so many good players in college football that we'll, we're about to get into. Yep. He his job honestly is just get it to either Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman and let them cook. And then Trey Benson out of the backfield, eleven carries, two hundred yards, two touchdowns. He's going to be toting the rock for Florida State. Jordan Travis's main job is to not screw it up, and Florida State will be in the playoff. Yeah. Now to move it on over to a game that was oh, extremely God. close, which oh shouldn't God. really have been. Yep. Arizona Wildcats versus USC Trojans. Yeah. USC ended up winning in triple overtime, yep. 43 to 21. Caleb Williams. 43 to 41. Or excuse me, yes, 43 41. Yep. I don't know why I said that. You're good. Uh, Caleb Williams had a, he had a, he was the only reason USC no, won it's, it's and the, was able to stay in that game. It, it's the USC Caleb Williams. Yes. Not the Trojans. It's yeah. the USC Caleb Williams. Um, Meanwhile, Arizona's quarterback, uh, Noah Fafita. Yeah, Fafita. 303 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. But yeah. still, 303 yards with five touchdowns to Caleb Williams, 219 and one touchdown. Well, he had three on the ground as well. Yes. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, though, in the normal yeah, passing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, so, it's, <laughs> here's the thing. Because not much else is there really to talk well, about. Right. Hey, well, here, here's what for we'll, USC. Well, here's what we'll say. Um, Lincoln Riley, his philosophy is in question again. Because now, with arguably the best talent that he's ever had the quarterback position, he has still not been able to build a competent defense around said superstar. 
Caleb Williams and the Trojans are in trouble. Yeah, there's you know a reason. The team was able to build a really good defense. Yeah, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Yeah, Brent, we'll get into your I Brent Venables. I, it was mostly it, just it, a jab it, at it was, abandoning the team. So it was. It was. Um, listen, USC also on offense. They really miss Zachariah Branch. Yeah, my God, the freshman wide receiver did not play in this game, and it, it showed. showed. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Yep. Um, Brendan Rice, you know, obviously had a pretty good game, and they have complimentary guys, but he as a freshman just gives this offense so much juice. Even if he doesn't get as many touches as you was as you would like, Caleb Williams had to be Superman. He had to be phenomenal. Literally on the game-winning two-point conversion, that had to like run touch- it in himself. Yeah, on a very interesting design play, but ultimately worked out. He figured it out. Yeah, found a way to win. USC. There's a reason why they are ranked below uh, one loss Texas after this week. It's because the voters do not believe in this USC defense. That now it seems like every week, no matter who it is, will put points on the Trojans. Yeah, and where Texas took on a more, I mean, just overall, arguably better opponent yep. and lost to Oklahoma. Meanwhile, USC almost lost to Arizona, who's yeah. what th- who was 3 and 2 at the time. Yeah. And they so. And Arizona with, you know, all due respect, they're not the top level of Pac-12 competitor. No. That, you know, some of the other teams are. And now I'm sitting here at USC, we all, you know, we all picked USC to win the Pac-12. Boy, are they making us look like we might be dumb here soon. Yeah. 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 Just like everyone else though. Uh, yeah, but they're currently still undefeated, and they still have Superman back there playing quarterback. Um, yeah, it's... Listen, we'll see how long this can continue on. They're about to get into the really big heart of their schedule. Um, yeah, it's... USC, though, if you if you got stock in USC, I'd be kind of quietly being like, hey, it's, uh, how much can we get for this? Yeah. 6-0 team, you know, Caleb Williams, how much how much you want to buy? Because it could get very ugly for them in the second half of the year. Yep. Hey, you know what we have? An upset alert, baby. Notre Dame. Unfortunately falls to the Louisville Cardinals. And I say this with all due respect. I'm a fan of Sam Hartman, the character. Um, Last week, I don't know if you saw it versus Duke, where he kind of waited for Riley Leonard and out of the tunnel and everything. Hartman is, you know, been in college football forever. He honestly, and I'm not the biggest fan of Notre Dame, like the football, you know, program. Mm -hmm. Hartman makes me actually like, genuinely enjoy watching Notre Dame is the only reason I say that although man yeah did it hurt to watch it was tough 254 yards two touchdowns three interceptions three interceptions not having that can't be having that Jack Plummer on the other side for Louisville 17 of 24 for 145 and a touchdown he really just didn't mess it up for Jawar Jordan Mm -hmm. who had 21 for 143 and two touchdowns Louisville is one of these teams that you know they really got in the transfer portal they um, have really seemed to hit the ground running. They gel together, and I'm not going to lie. Their rest of the season schedule, I was looking it up today, they don't have many potential losses on their schedule, and the I think the yep. last three undefeated teams are North Carolina, obviously Florida State, and Louisville, and now those teams aren't going to play each other for the rest of the year. They they avoid each other, so yeah. it could be a very interesting, you know, who's going to play each other in the ACC championship if all three of these teams remain undefeated. And Louisville has a very good chance of doing that along with North Carolina, Florida State. Yep. So Louisville, get them on your radar because they're going to be here for a minute. Another uh, team that just should have won but decided to make a game way closer than it needed to be, Alabama, Texas A&M. Texas A&M took the lead in the first half and just squandered it. 
somehow Alabama was able to figure out a way, and Nick Saban pulled some Nick Saban magic, I guess. Here's the thing. Out, That's uh, dying there. But. So, Texas A&M, right, they were out with a, without their starting QB um, for the rest of the season after he suffered a lower leg injury. Yep. Um, Max Johnson came in, did fine, all that. Texas A&M, their really biggest strength was the ability to take away Alabama's running game. This was the worst performance by Alabama's I mean, rushing attack. completely shut it down, basically. 100%. And a lot of people wrote Alabama off after not only losing to Texas, but also having that really close game with uh, either USF. Yeah, I think it was South Florida. Yeah. Um, but Jalen Milrow, to his credit, had arguably his best game as a starter for Alabama. He 21-33, three twenty-one, three touchdowns. Interception. Yeah, interception as well. Um, look, if Alabama can run through the rest of their schedule, which includes a very tough couple of weeks versus Tennessee and LSU, which are not gimmies, especially going up against Jaden Daniels, my lord. Mm-hmm. Um, they could find themselves back in the um, SEC championship game against a Florida team where, okay, Nick Saban, Kirby Smart, we'll see what you got. Um, but I think... We, along with a lot of other people in America, may have written off this Alabama team because they're still disciplined. They're still Alabama in terms of uh, intangibles. They could easily find themselves back into the top 10 late in the year. And, um, yeah, I never write off the Crimson Tide as long as Nick Saban's there. Nope. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of another underrated team, though, I'm willing to say this right now. UCLA, biggest sleeper team other than, like, because we have the big three, right? Like, you have USC, you have Oregon, and Washington, who we're going to get into here in a second. Another upset alert, by the way. Yep. Uh, UCLA knocked off Washington State. They, to me, could have a very slim, dark horse chance of winning the Pac-12. Yep. They play phenomenal football on both sides. Dante Moore, again, I, he may be the best freshman quarterback in the country. Um, didn't play the greatest this game, but he can. He just makes plays. He's ability to throw all over the uh, all over the field. Um, he could also do it on the ground as well. He and now USC or UCLA also has a rushing attack that complements him. It, Washington State's no easy out. Cameron Ward has been lighting up the Pac-12 and really lighting up anybody he's going up against. And the fact that UCLA was able to hold him and this Cougars offense to only 17 points, that was no easy feat. Yep. And UCLA personally, I feel like, announced themselves on the college football landscape with this huge win at home. Absolutely. North Carolina took on Syracuse. Uh, Drake may use this game as a uh, Heisman booster, basically. Yeah. No, there's there's no short list that is out in America right now that does not have Drake May. Yep. He was one of my, really, my Heisman picks, so I need him to keep playing well. 33 for 47, 442 yards and three touchdowns. So, just played lights out. Score was 48-7. Uh, Carolina. Yeah, no, this but was... Again, also, the big news for North Carolina is that they got their number one receiver back. Yes, they did. Uh, Devontez Walker uh, played a little bit in this game, six for 43. He's going to get more acclimated into this offense, and I would feel like in very short order become May's number one target. Just another tool for him. To uh, just another one use. for potentially yeah. one of the greatest, you know, great college prospects, uh, QB prospects in the nation. Yep. Good Lord. I Listen, Drake May. You shut me up real quick, because I was I was sitting here, you know, I was texting you, I was letting Andrew know, I'm like, hey, May, May has been doing it, May yep. has been doing it, hey, wake up, May, hey, wake up. He He's woken up, yep. and he is here, and he is going to wreak havoc on anybody he goes up against. He's and I am 
full support. <laughs> Obviously, as your pick for, I think it was not only ACC Player of the Year, but also you had him as your Heisman pick, yeah, right? my Heisman pick. So, yeah, credit to you. And May's looking all bit the uh, potential Heisman candidate. Yeah, yep. as he is. So, Oregon State wins an absolute thriller. This, to me, again, I was so happy of those, to see. One of those games, though, that they should have just dominated again. The, the thing is, is the reason why I'm more, I guess, high on this is Oregon State is a team that traditionally, especially with DJU, they tend to win a lot of low scoring, like kind of drag it out games that are ugly. And the fact that they're able to score 52, again, I get that it's Cal. The fact that they're able to put up this amount of, you know, offense on a team like this, this gives me signs of hope for Oregon State because I wasn't sure if they were capable of doing this, getting into a shootout and potentially winning, winning it. Against a team, so this filled me with a lot of, a lot of good hope for the Beavers. Yep. Moving on over to again, uh, this was a weird week. Another game that should have just been a blown out, but ended up not being Old Miss Arkansas. Yeah, I, I mean Old Miss squeaking by they, with victory twenty seven to twenty. They were coming off a really emotional victory in a absolute thriller versus LSU last week. Yep. Um, in which Jaden Daniels went crazy, but also Jackson Dart. And they kind of came down a little bit. And Arkansas, they're never going to be the SEC power, at least not this current iteration of them. Um, but they'll play teams close. I mean, they'll they'll give a good fight, mm-hmm. um, make you play honest football. And they made Ole Miss play honest football. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they're, the Rebels were able to get the victory. But yeah, this game should not have been a seven-point game by any means. Yep. Moving on over to the upset oh. alert. Miami, what happened? Did you see this game? Twenty three twenty. I did not. Okay, so let me let me. Paint I was you. a little focused on a other game. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, this one was a late night game, was it not? I was baseball and then. Work. Oh, okay, gotcha. There you go. Okay, so I have been singing the praises of Mario Cristobal ever since his you win sure against have. Texas A and M, and I've said all year that Miami was kind of like my dark horse ACC team that I felt like could really make a push and. Now, after this play that Mario Cristobal did, I want to just, it's like a wet sock. I want it off my body. I don't want to be anywhere associated with this thing after watching what just happened. Okay. This game was a lot closer. Like, again, that we've been talking about throughout these game recaps. And Miami got the ball late in the fourth quarter with the lead. All you have to do is kneel it out. Why do you not kneel? Instead, you want to run, have a fumble for them to recover. Yes. To then... Turn it over. Was it two plays for a touchdown? Yep. Yeah. I saw the end part yes. because I was like, what do you mean Miami yes. lost? And I just, that, I, I sat there and I was like, okay, so this is why, you know, he's no longer at Oregon. I know, but when you have to go oh back to God. talk to the media and be like, yeah, I should have been more involved. What do you mean? You shouldn't have had to have been involved. Your team should just know just to take, take a knee. Just take, just take the, the win. Just take the W. What are you trying to accomplish? I, I don't you, you had boost player, stats? What, you, are you, what are you doing? You're, the players were openly criticizing the move. They were like, what the bleep are we doing? Yeah. I just, this to me. Even I, as the quarterback, you should have just made an executive decision to just take the knee. Now, throughout the rest of the year, I'm going to be sitting there, and every time I see Miami in a potential game that they could win or even be remotely close in, I'm going to be thinking about this moment. Oh, and yeah. I'm now I'm going to be now I'm having second thoughts about a team that I really liked coming into the year, and they were showing promise. Yep, just get the win versus Georgia Tech. This was an ugly game. Just get out of there. And they said decided to run it, and as you mentioned, they fumbled it. I like I'm like now I'm like yeah like I don't. Yeah. Yep. I just got that. That put a really I sour taste in my mouth. I don't understand the decision making. I don't either. I don't think anyone does, and we'll never get an answer. No, not the real answer. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't. 
Did someone bet money? <sighs> like, it was insane. Yeah. Anyways, moving on over to upset, but not, I wouldn't really say it's a full-blown yeah, upset because I mean, LSU, talent, yeah. yeah. Talent disparity, LSU should have won this game. Yes, which they did. They did. 49-39. Yeah. They didn't start off uh, the greatest. Um, no. Missouri, Missouri came out swinging. Listen, Brady Cook's one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC, and he's shown why the Tigers should be taken seriously uh, throughout the rest of the season. The interceptions didn't help, though. They didn't. And they this was his first game against a real elite SEC defense. But to be fair, 411 yards. Yeah, and two touchdowns. No, now, that's what I'm saying. He's, your two touchdowns get overshadowed by your two interceptions. Yes, but it's it's just one of those things. He has a very capable arm. Uh, he, for 100%. the most part, is a good decision maker. Yep. And he just, unfortunately, in this game came up in situations where a veteran, and I'm, I'm not saying he's not a veteran, but like a, a quarterback that kind of knows and is in the situation more often than not, uh, makes the plays down the stretch that ultimately pulls out a victory at home. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, yes, you're going up against a talent disparity against LSU, even in a down year. LSU has a more talented roster than Missouri. Yep. But Brady Cook, this was a game that we, we found out, you know, who he is. And he's just not that level of player that we thought. Jaden Daniels, still phenomenal. 15 to 21, 259, yep. three touchdowns, and added 130 on the ground. He is just a dual threat extraordinaire. Um, yeah, I... Uh, Listen, Missouri still has a lot of talent, and they could have themselves in a really good bowl game, but LSU just was the better team in this one. Yep. Moving on over to the next upset, Fresno State, Wyoming. Wyoming came out victorious 24-19. to This is the moment where Andrew would come in and tell you how good Wyoming is. Yep, but uh, he got fired because <laughs> of his take about OU. Which we can now get into. Yes, we can. Boy, howdy. Texas coming in there, being the favorite on it. Everyone picking Texas. To be fair, besides Baker Mayfield. To be fair, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you listened to the pod last week. Andrew was the only one on the pod that picked Oklahoma in this matchup. And this man said, "Defenses can't win you championships." He the lies. <laughs> He, yeah, it was a three to one, and he was the one that picked Oklahoma. Yeah, and so Do- I got to defend him that much. I'd say Dylan Gabriel balled out more than oh, he's Quinn did. Now Quinn. Played a really good game, 31 for 37, 346 yards, one touchdown. The issue was the two interceptions that OU got. Well, it was it, so it started the game. So also Gabriel, like we said with May, also should be on Heisman uh, he's, list as well. I have seen him on a lot of lists starting to pop up now. Yeah. So, so I like the respect he's getting. Yeah. So here's the thing. You were through that first interception, which was god-awful. Yep. No, no reason he should have. He just should have taken the sack, whatever. The second interception, he threw it a little high to his tight end. Uh, ultimately, bounce, got bounced up in the air. OU came down with it. Yep. Again, just bad throws. It happens. Ewers then rebounded and had arguably one of his best performance from there on out. Mm-hmm. But Gabriel, it seemed like, was ready to just take on the challenge. Well, decision. I mean, Live decision up to the making moment. was fantastic. Yeah. His, the, his ability to scramble, which we knew he could do, it was on full display. In this 113 one. yards and a touchdown. touchdown. His runs are ultimately what really kind of broke the game for Oklahoma because Texas played really good defense. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, in terms of like covering receivers downfield. Yep. But when they did play, you know, good coverage, Gabriel was able to bust it loose and get first downs on third and eight. You know, oh, third yeah. and five. I mean, and he third le- and eleven. He led the team in rushing. So yep. Walker was behind him uh, with fifteen carries. So one more carry than Gabriel and only forty six yards. So they had the actual run game kind of shut down, but Gabriel was able to slip through and just 
I mean, utilize it, yeah. right? When you're so focused on his arm, he's able to show you that he's got the footwear, the footwear, <laughs> the speed right. to really make plays. And their offense, so it kind of died down a little bit and it allowed Texas to not only get back in the game, but ultimately take the lead with less than a minute and a half remaining. And Gabriel had what I simply call a Heisman Heisman caliber drive. Yep. In which he took the ball down into Texas tor- Texas territory in less than 20 seconds, damn near. Yep. And then ultimately in the back of the end zone found Nick Anderson for his one reception of the day. Yep. But it was ultimately the biggest reception. It's the one you need, baby. And that put the Oklahoma Sooners on top as they went 34 to 30 over the Longhorns. Here's what I'll say about the future of this game because well, they're going to meet again. I also want to talk about real quick though for okay. five receptions, 130 yards. Oh, this was his coming out game. Yes. Yeah, it was. I mean, out of all the games to choose, God bless you, sir. <laughs> yeah. Well, they needed somebody to step up because Drake uh, Drake Stoops was able to kind of pick up the chains, did a lot of the yep. slot work. Farouk was the guy on the outside, 100%. That they went deep and you know consistently to Gabriel really trusted them. They found a chemistry that they liked. And he caught, again, a couple of balls down the sideline to get them into uh, range to score versus Texas. And then also, I mean, yeah. give, give shout out where it's due. The defense, fantastic. So, this was a five sacks. Yeah, this was a performance that, again, you give up 30 points. You don't, you're not necessarily like enthralled with it. But given Texas and their talent, you'll take that every day of the week. Absolutely. But yeah, so look, future of this game, right? I think they're going to meet again because this was matchup number 119 in the series. Mm-hmm. I think 120 is going to happen in the Big 12 championship game. Okay. And this could be, given what happens within the Pac-12 and the ACC and who knows what happens in the Big 10, or you know if Georgia somehow slips up, this could be a matchup that potentially sends one of these teams to the college football playoff. Because if you're Oklahoma, right, yep. you're projected, unless something happens with Bedlam, you know, for the most part, Oklahoma's, projected to win out the rest of the year they do not have a strong schedule on the back end texas meanwhile again kind of similar if they maybe slip up versus i don't know maybe a texas tech or a uh another opponent they're projected to win out the rest of the season as well so if you just have these two teams one lost texas go up against undefeated oklahoma again it's one of those situations now where texas if they avenge their only loss they'll get priority over oklahoma if oklahoma obviously wins and takes beats texas twice they're going to get in yep. because they'll be undefeated uh, conference champ at that point. You kind of have to get in at that point. Oklahoma, it's one of those where Oklahoma did good and they deserve respect in terms of, you know, the college football landscape, which they are. They're <coughs> <team> Andrew. <laughs> but Oklahoma still, in terms of, I think, reaching the goals that they hopefully want to reach, which is making the college football playoff and seeing what you do when you get there. Yep. They need to win out. Because I, I think if they even have one slip-up, that could really potentially threaten their chances, even if they do beat Texas later in the year. So, not they're honestly, their worst now is they're going to make a really good bowl game. But I think that's the worst outcome for them. Yep. Uh, but we'll we'll see what Dylan Gabriel and crew have in store for us. Yep. Moving on over to this week's weekend's matchups yep. as well. So, uh, what do we got on here? Let's see here. Uh, West Virginia, Houston is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Colorado on Friday takes on Stanford. Uh, Colorado, if they win this game, because yeah, it's their four and two, so they're a couple wins away from becoming bowl eligible. Yeah, this needs to be a W. Yeah, 
this needs to be a W because there's a, not a lot of gimmies on Colorado's schedule. This is potentially one of them. Take care of business against the Buffaloes. Yep, absolutely. Moving on over, you got Georgia versus Vanderbilt, Michigan versus Indiana, uh, Ohio State, Purdue, Florida State, Syracuse, Alabama, Arkansas. Could be, be a good matchup. One. Could uh, be. Arkansas could make it interesting. Let's see here. Michigan State, Rutgers, ooh, Iowa State. That might be a good one. Iowa State who, sorry? Uh, Cincinnati. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Penn State, Massachusetts, Utah taking on Cal, who obviously gave Oregon State a lot of trouble. Yep. Um, we'll save the big game. I don't know. I know you see it, the seven eight matchup. We'll save we, it. We can just say it now. Uh Washington is hosting the University of Oregon. Both teams coming off a bye. Bo Nix coming out to play. Versus Michael Penix and the Huskies in Seattle at Husky Stadium. Hey, hey, how many wins is Oregon at right now? They are at five. Okay. And and how many do they need? Ten. Okay. Um, they have not played anybody worth a darn on defense. I'm just saying. No, I'm and I'm just saying. <laughs> Here's the thing, what I'll say about this, right? So, yeah. By the way, thanks, Texas Tech, and thanks, Andrew, for that, by the way. <laughs> um, here's here's what I'll say. So they've played Colorado, who just up front on both sides of the ball. They're not able to compete. Yep. This is where Oregon's schedule gets interesting, to your point. They play, again, we'll find out who the best team in the Pac-12 is potentially with this game. Obviously, they're the two highest rated in the AP poll. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, Oregon, right? They have the second hardest schedule of any team in the top 10. They go. They are at home after this game versus Washington State. In yep. Ward, who we just talked about, they're on the road versus Utah. Those are their next three games, three Ooh. ranked opponents. Then they have a home game, excuse me, versus California. Relatively lighter game. Yep. Then they're at home versus USC and Caleb Williams. They're on the road versus Arizona State, which is another lighter game. And then their last game is at home versus Oregon State. To your point about the Bo Nix jersey bet. Um, Washington is a team that I personally feel, and I'm not just saying this because of Bonex or whatever. I genuinely think Washington right now is the best team in the Pac-12. I think they're the most complete roster with a potential NFL quarterback, NFL wide receivers. They've got talent all over. So I'll say this. If Oregon wins this game on the road, I'm going to start sweating a lot in terms of that. Because if you look at their schedule, so the Oregon plays 12 games in the regular season, right? So for me to even really still be alive... Uh, in terms of like in the postseason, Oregon has to lose at least three games. Yeah. Now I said before the year I think they're losing to Washington, USC, and Utah. Now could Oregon State also give them problems? Yes. I thought Texas Tech could also give them problems, and they did to a certain extent. Um, we're about to find out about both these teams, Washington and Oregon, uh, as programs. Listen, Washington doesn't have an easy schedule either. They are. Let me just pull up their schedule real quick. They also are going to have to go through kind of a murderous row towards the end of the year. Because after this Oregon game, they do have kind of two lower games in Arizona State and Stanford. Then they're on the road versus USC, at home versus Utah, on the road versus Oregon State, and then at home versus Washington State. So they end the year with four ranked matchups. Both teams are coming off a bye. And I'm going to say this as well. Dan Lanning. Hey, we're fighting for wins, not clicks, right? Even though they invited the camera crew in to record that. Yeah. It's it's real easy to beat up on a team that you know physically you can kind of push around in Colorado that just doesn't have the big the big boys to kind of match up with you. Yeah. It's another thing to go up against a team that can look you eye to eye and say, All right, 
What's your best shot? What do you got for us? So we're about to find out Oregon, Washington, who is going to be the premier team and probably the favorite to win this Pac-12 matchup. So, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, we'll potentially, I, I think we'll be watching this game together at probably. some point. So, Just the plan. Yeah, you're probably going to see, you're going to see me in my element watching this one because I'm going to be very much locked into this matchup. For those of y'all that are listening to the podcast for the first time, uh, what we're referring to when we say the Oregon bet. needing yeah. 10 games in the yeah. bet, Colin made a bet right before the college season started because he's such a big Bo Nix fan. Uh, that if Oregon got 10 wins, he would have to buy a jersey for them. It's a Bo Nix jersey. Yep. He'd have to wear it till, I think, the end of, was it Super Bowl? So the Super like, Bowl would be the last event. So yeah. any any football-related, so any podcast, any time we're like watching Anything football-related. Football yeah. I might even just put reruns of games on when he comes over to hang out to force him to have to wear it. Mm-hmm. So I, Who says I'm coming over? I, I will. <laughs> who says I'm coming over? <laughs> so um, just to make him constantly wear a Bo Nix jersey. So for those of y'all listening for the first time, that's yeah. what we're referring to. Hey, listen, you know, if like I said, if Oregon wins this game, I'm going to have to look out at potential cash out options because <laughs> there ain't <laughs> no cashing out, bud. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it. But it's because here's the thing. I also... Shame on me for making a team bet about a college player that I don't have too much faith in. Because Oregon as a team, right? Their offensive line is one of the best in the nation. They've allowed like zero, or I think last week they did, or excuse me, two weeks ago. They're one of the best offensive lines in the nation, graded by PFF for what it's worth. They've got some dudes on defense. Their running back's pretty good. They've got a pretty good NFL wide receiver, potentially. So I'm. did I underestimate Oregon a little bit? Perhaps. But also... The Pac-12 has also risen up as well. So they have. It's it's kind of a blend of both. We're waiting to see, you know, what we find out. But yeah, this is easily the biggest game of the weekend. Absolutely. Moving on over to the next game. Uh, normally, I wouldn't really care too much about this, but seeing as how they played just literally this past week, uh, Tennessee A&M. Yeah. So maybe uh, it's not a fluke. Yeah, we'll see what Milton looks like um, going up against the Texas A&M team. That, to be honest, they're they're going to be a tough out anytime they go up against anybody. Yep. But uh, yeah, Milton should make it interesting. Yep. Uh, Kansas versus Oklahoma State. Um, we'll move on from there. Um, <laughs> oh, hey, listen. Well, I'll say this: Jaden Daniels, if he plays, Kansas will be looking to put a pound in on somebody because they felt like they sh- could have been more competitive against Texas had Daniels been playing. So, yeah. uh, Florida, South Carolina game worth mentioning yeah I, rattler i've kind of lost the shine to it's just he still continues to make some of the mistakes that he had as a freshman yeah. um in florida graham Mertz, i just can't get behind yeah. sorry fair enough uh byu tcu to uh that could be interesting i think byu could really give Can tcu I? some trouble yeah um what else we got here iowa wisconsin yeah uh, the Hawkeyes now without Cade McNamara. I think he's out. I'm not sure if it's the rest of the season, but he's out for the foreseeable future at least. Um, so we'll see how the Hawkeyes look against our two picks to represent the Big Ten. What was it? The other division, not with the main. Yeah. You know, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but yeah, big matchup here. Uh, Louisville, Pittsburgh. Louisville, are they for real? Because Pittsburgh, this could be a game after a huge win versus Notre Dame. You kind of come down emotionally. We talked about this earlier on the road. The, Louisville Cardinals should be on upset alert. Yep. Uh, Washington State, Arizona. I mean, hey. I think Cameron Ward bounces back. But okay. also, Arizona will put up points with them. But I, I like Washington State at home in a All rebound right. game. All right. LSU, Auburn. 
Uh, Jaden Daniels, the other. <laughs> Jaden. Yeah. Or I think it's, sorry, it's Jalen Daniels for Kansas. It's Jaden Daniels for LSU. My apologies. Uh, LSU, I like in this matchup. I just, you can't stop the one-man wrecking crew. You just can't. Andrews, Texas Tech versus Kansas State. I think Kansas State will take that one. Uh, yeah. I, they're without, I think Texas Tech's out with, Without their starting QB for the yep. rest of the year now, so yep. Yeah. So uh, Notre Dame, USC, the other big game. Well, one of two, I, one or one of three. Three, yeah. Ranked matchups, actually four. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's right. So USC, this is going to be a really tough game because n- with Marcus Freeman at the helm, Notre Dame will make it tough on Caleb. Now, offensively, Hartman's got to play a clean game. We yep. talked about the interceptions in this past week versus Louisville. Mm-hmm. Uh, Audric Estime. The running back for Notre Dame, he's an absolute beast and could really kind of enforce his will. This is a sneaky game for USC, and they're we talked about upset alert. This is a team I would argue is on the biggest upset alert because if they do not play their A game, Notre Dame will win in South Bend. Yep, fair enough. Yeah, Drake May and the Tar Heels will take on the U. I think so. These were both our surprising teams going yep. into the season. I obviously, like I said, like a wet sock. I don't want to be anywhere near Miami right now. Uh, and I think Drink May is playing arguably the best ball of his life right now. I I like North Carolina, but look, if I, this is one of those games, Mario Cristobal, if you somehow make this game competitive, that is your testament to you as a coach. Because I think after that one, players are starting to look at him sideways in the locker room. Yeah, it'll be a uh, you need to win to recover, basically. Exactly. Uh, Kentucky takes on Missouri. This could be a matchup for... Potentially, who could challenge uh, Georgia in terms of like that division? Yep. Um, we obviously saw Kentucky just lost to them. So if Missouri can kind of rebound and beat Kentucky, maybe make it interesting. If Kentucky wins, it's a wrap for not that it was ever in question, but it's a wrap that Georgia's taking that division. Yep. So UCLA, Oregon State, that'll be a real good one. It will be. Um, it'll come down to again if we get the expert, if we get DJ Ugalele from this past week against Cal. Mm-hmm. Um. Oregon State will win this game at home. If Dante Moore plays lights out and US, UCLA's defense lives up to the capabilities, they could go on a potential run here because this is their one ranked matchup that they have up until they play USC at the end of the year. Watch out, man. I'm telling you, the Bruins, they're for real. Yep. And then we have Duke, NC State. Yeah, Duke without Riley Leonard, who is going to be out for a little bit with his, uh, I believe it's his ankle injury. Um We'll see what Duke looks like. They're going to be a tough team, but NC State, you never know. Give them a tough little uh, little trouble there. A little, little trouble. And then to uh, finish it off, uh, forgot to mention this earlier, Colons, uh, North Texas versus Temple. God, I hope we win. <laughs> God, I hope we win. It's been a rough year. Uh, it's a transitional year. But, yeah, if we have any hope of getting a bowl game, we need to win versus Temple. Well, that about does it for college football, unless you got something else for us. Nope, let's take it over to the big leagues. All right. Dude. Chronological order. Yeah, but I got to say something before we start. Okay. The injuries. So many. I know, dude. Like, this year is just, like... It's rough. It's fantasy football hell. It is. Which... Update alert. Are we? Yeah, we got Colin and I <laughs> have decided we will do a fantasy football podcast. So if y'all want to see it, let us know. 
We're the two that are willing to do it. We'll talk all things on players to add, drop, draft strategies for next season if we want to go that far even. Just let us know kind of what y'all want, what y'all like to see. Just leave some comments, especially it, now on YouTube. Leave some comments if you want to see that kind of stuff. Yep. We'll, we're also working on getting a camera for the YouTube set up, so make it made a little fun. Yeah, no, we're a lot of stuff's happening. Um, we are kind of jumping into it towards the middle of the year, so it's going to be kind of... Uh, yeah, and that's why it'll be a tester kind of feel for everyone. It'll help us find our footing, help us find our flow, mm -hmm. so bear with us. Yeah. Because again, I mean, it's going to be a little different than the Good Times Sports Podcast. So, Good Time Fantasy Football will be a little different. So, is that what we're officially calling it? Good Times Fantasy Football. Good Times Fantasy Football. Yeah. Okay. It's I like part it. of the Good Times uh, Entertainment. Yep. Company. So the whole umbrella. Yep. All right. So, starting off with Week Five of this NFL season, and Justin Fields, have yourself a day. But not just Justin Fields. DJ Moore. 230 yards on eight receptions for three touchdowns. Fields had four, including one to Cole Komet. He had 230 yards to DJ Moore, as I just mentioned. He had 52 yards to every other receiver. Yep. As Chicago on the road, Thursday night football, get their first win in 347 days. Goodness gracious. My God. And Sam Howell, Washington ultimately just did not get off to a great start in the first yeah. half. Really seemed to bite them. They had a couple of missed shots downfield. Yep. Um, one was, I think, to Deami Brown. They had a touchdown like go right through his hands. Yep. Washington didn't play their A game, and Chicago came out, and it seems like Justin Fields has finally figured out kind of the offense and kind of is getting into rhythm a little bit. Um, look, I'm not saying how many games Chicago could win because they're not a talented football team. Let's just be honest. Yeah. But this was a game that Chicago needed to win to get off the snide and credit to them because they went on the road and won decisively versus a Washington team that, you know, was coming off a rough uh, divisional loss versus Philly the previous Sunday, mm -hmm. short week. Um, but yeah. Credit to Chicago and shout out to DJ Moore. Speaking of fantasy football, good Lord. Apparently it didn't <laughs> help Robert enough versus me. Yeah. I somehow still won with yeah. him dropping 49 points on me with one player. Shout out to fantasy, uh, or not fantasy, shout out to good time sports guest also, Robert Faree. Also Justin Fields. Yeah. He had himself a day in fantasy too. Yeah, he did on my bench. So, Oof. yeah, love that. Although to be fair, he wouldn't do it. To be much. fair. Um, Moving right. on over to the game across the pond. Another, basically the Jaguars home stadium at this point. Yeah, there we <laughs> just move them there. And, uh I don't know how logistically that would work, but hey, I mean they play it seems like all their games over there. Yeah. Back to back games in London and the Jaguars knock off the Buffalo Bills 25 to 20. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence 25 to 37 for one touchdown, 315 yards. Travis Etienne 26 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. He's the guy in Jacksonville. Uh, had himself a day. Yeah. So here's the thing with Josh Allen, right? Don't forget Ridley, though. Yeah, no. Ridley also had himself a day, 7 for 122, with respect. Yep. They, Jacksonville does a really good job, though, spreading the ball around. I mean, you have 7 for Calvin Ridley. You had 6 to Christian Kirk, 4 for Travis Etienne, 4 for Everett Ingram. They're doing a really good job of spreading the ball around. But, yes, Calvin Ridley is leading the charge. Thank yep. you for reminding me. Josh Allen. Okay. So, right, Josh Allen, so far this season, I'm just going to do a quick recap in my head. Week 1. Had arguably the worst game of his, uh, you know, professional career so far. Yeah, don't remind me. That was a terrible week for fantasy football players. Yeah, and then he Stressing. goes. Yeah, so then he goes on three straight weeks of really good football. He didn't. He himself didn't play the best in all three of those games, but he had a much better stretch. Yes. And then this game, it seemed like he came kind of came back down to earth, and it's the Josh Allen roller coaster of the Buffalo Bills. He 
the further he gets from Brian Dable, but really kind of throughout his NFL career, if you look at his just, and I know this is just a blank stat, but if you look at his quarterback rating, it's very much just up and down and up and down and up and down. And he'll go through runs where, again, you think Buffalo could be the best team in the NFL. They are just the most dominant, the high-powered, explosive, just... Super Bowl contender. Yeah, yeah. everything. Like, should be potentially the favorite. And then you watch some other weeks, and you're like, how? Like, this doesn't look like the same team I just watched. And it's... it's, I don't know what it is about their culture or what it is about Allen. He just can never seem to put just a really good stretch together. It's always like, you know, elite, bad, pretty good, good. Like, just it's never consistent football from him. Well, and what's hilarious, right? He goes 27 for 40. Yep. But 359 yards, two touchdowns, but an interception. Yeah. To Trevor Lawrence, 25 for 37, very respectful. Yeah. 315 yards, great, and a touchdown. Yeah. So it's just, it's weird. And then Josh Allen also had four carries, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. So Jacksonville did a really good job taking away the run from Buffalo. So give them credit. Yeah. And then Stefan Diggs just is Stefan Diggs. Yeah. Eight receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown. So, I mean, it, it's yeah. Stefan Diggs. It's it, expected. It, yeah. And it was one of those games where Gabe Davis also had a really good day. He did. Yep. Six for 100. Thanks for reminding me. I almost overlooked him just because yeah. that's just how it goes with Buffalo at times, right? They have Stefan Diggs. It's hard to just yeah. focus it, on anyone else. It, well, yeah, and it seems like, it. all honestly, Diggs is the one constant in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Like, their defense doesn't always even play the same. I nope. Yes, they've lost Matt Milano for the rest of the year. Yeah. They also lost, I forget, one of their safeties for a long time that I'm blanking on. It was either Hyde or um, Hoyer. I can't remember. Um, so they're going through their own injuries as well. But Buffalo, to me, if they ever hope to reach the potential that so many people including you know the man sitting across from me had them last year i just don't think they'll ever reach that potential yep it's tough but yeah now to the uh quarterback shootout i guess we'll call it uh houston and atlanta oh you're saying that ironically yeah gotcha okay i was (laughs) like which game are you going with here uh yeah cj stroud Listen, this was not... He balled out. He This was it, not... Not as good as last week or the weeks before. Weeks. But yeah. He's, he's still... He's still good. He Here's the thing. He's the best rookie QB so far. There's 100%. no question about it. 20 of 35, 249 and a touchdown. He had that touchdown late that ultimately put Houston ahead before the Falcons came down. And young Wei Koo knocked it through the uprights to ultimately give Atlanta the win. Um, yep. This is also Desmond Ritter's best game as a yeah, pro. that's why I was like, I guess the quarterback shootout? Because yeah. tw- Desmond Ritter, so real quick, C.J. Stroud, 20 for 35, 249 yards and a touchdown. Ritter, 28 for 37, 329 yards and a touchdown. Yeah. What? What? This is, and it also added one on the ground as well. And but. then you would think Robinson, who would have an outstanding game, 14 carries for only 46 yards. And also Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Looked in the Gabe Drake London and Kyle Pitts the ball. Yeah. Fantasy owners are in hell with Falcons pass catchers because yeah. this does not happen every week for them. Nope. You you don't know what to expect at this point. Yeah. And look at Houston, they'll be fine. They're a team that's overachieving anyway. They're gonna have these games where they kinda they're a young team, they kinda lose their way a little bit. Yeah. I mean and, you're it, it's you're in rebuild. Atlanta, Atlanta though, it's you know, I think maybe Ritter heard some talk because after last week they were sitting there saying, you know, maybe if they get Kirk Cousins, they could be a really good playoff team. Or maybe if they get Justin Fields, they can really build he on can this attack. Kirk. Right. <laughs> we'll get into that in a second. But, yeah, Ritter had himself a game. Credit where credit's due. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, they're moving on. Falcons yep. take care of business at home. Moving on over to the next one. Carolina, Detroit. Detroit does Detroit stuff and one. 
Yeah, Bryce Young had a lot of numbers in garbage time. Uh, he was 25-41, 247, three touchdowns, also had two interceptions. Yep. Detroit's just a team that's going to roll over people a lot this year. Yeah. Because they're, uh, their defense is actually capable this year. Yeah, and their offense is really good, too. Really Jared good. Goff, I, I talk smack about him. He's showing me up this year. So Thank you. I, hey, I can give credit. Thank you. So I gave Kirk credit last season, too, didn't I? And it hurt. You did. It hurt every fiber in my being. Uh, Jared Goff, hey, power to you, man. 20 for 28, 236 yards and three touchdowns. Also had a touchdown on the ground as yep, well. Yep, also had one on the ground. Uh, you know who else had a game as well? David Montgomery. The basically RB1 yep. solidified at, at this point by Dan Campbell. So, Jameer Gibbs, fantasy Didn't, owners, I am sorry for you. Yeah, he didn't play in this one along with Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, they were both out with injuries, and Detroit's offense didn't skip a beat. Yep, Montgomery, 19 carries, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Reynolds. Four receptions, 76 yards, and a touchdown. Also had seven carries for 52 yards and a touchdown. Yep. Man was all over the field. Yep. Uh, old man Thielen, uh, just working his magic like always. 11 receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Yep. And then Sam Laporta, rookie tight end. Whew. Three catches, 47 yards, two touchdowns. Also had that really nice trick play that Detroit ran. Dude. Yeah. Det so for those of y'all that haven't seen this, yes, that snap was insane. Yep. So Goff is no, behind a center. That's not the trick play I'm talking no, about. No, I know, but, yeah, but that's you're talking also about the new one. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. And I'd call that a trick play. So Goff is literally behind the center, standing there, just yelling out his normal stuff. And Montgomery's back behind him. And the ball is snapped between Goff's, Goff's legs, legs yeah. to Montgomery, who immediately rushes up there and gets a first down. I mean, smooth as can be. And I've never seen anything like it. You want to say that word again? Smooth, smooth as can, can be. be there you go because it was it was fantastic i mean it just worked like butter on toast yeah it was they were in single back and golf just kind of widened his legs a little bit no one was the wiser yeah and yeah right it's a direct like it snap threw, to montgomery you yeah. saw the defense was like wait what and mm -hmm. then yeah i mean it was very effective so detroit down. yeah detroit really broke out the playbook this week they did here's what i'll ask too so carolina uh ultimately said last week that they are in the market for a number one wide receiver it's a shame that they, you know, only if they had a guy like so DJ Moore. Yeah, it's you know? almost like they had a number yeah. one wide receiver, um, but just didn't want to do anything with him yeah. for the whole time he was there. And this may have been Bryce Young's best performance, and it wasn't even a great one. Yeah. So, look, they're trying to get him some help. Their offensive line's a work in progress. We get it, right? Yep. Um, if you're Carolina, tell me how you think about this. So, I was more confident last week, but then Cincinnati took care of business. I was really high on them getting T. Higgins. He's yeah. on last year of his deal. You, you know, you just paid Joe Burrow. You're going to have to pay Jamar Chase. And if you pay T. Higgins what he's worth, that's a lot of money allocated to, you You're know, up, up a creek without a paddle. Exactly. So I thought T. Higgins could be a potential option. Now, again, you know, what would that potentially cost? And again, Cincinnati may still feel they can make a deep playoff run because they're only one game back in the division themselves. Who do you think could be a potential trade target for Carolina, in your opinion? Huh. Since we're on the subject, you know. Man, I'm trying to think who would even because like you you sit there and think right. So I I thought about um, I'm trying to think whose contracts are coming up is the big thing. Right. Well, I know like because that's their best way to get maybe a guy on the cheap. But I yeah. feel like you'd want a guy that you could build around Bryce Young. You know, so I feel like you wouldn't do a guy that's on a or on an expiring deal. You know, like you could sit there and um, 
you know, I was I was thinking some other options. Uh, like if Atlanta wasn't serious about their pass catchers, maybe sh- shipping one to Carolina, you know. Yeah. But then again, they used them this week, so maybe not. Um, if you're, let, let's see, if you're, I'm drawing a blank. Maybe one of Green Bay's receivers, you could potentially um, ship somebody to Carolina. Yeah. Um, you just kind of have to think of really good number twos that would that teams would be willing to get off because obviously, like the Eagles aren't getting off Devonta Smith. The Dolphins aren't getting off of Jalen Waddle. Would you say, I I don't want to see it, but go after Minnesota Jordan Addison? I, where I, for most other teams, arguably, he would probably be a number one wide receiver. I don't think Minnesota would do that. because I, I don't think, either, but... I think, if anything, K.J. Osborne, but he, Osborne, I don't think, is the number one no, caliber guy. He that, is, like, yeah. so with J.J. being out... Right, and especially, we'll yeah, get especially it, now. We'll get into that here in a minute. I don't want to go too much into... Right. My thought process on that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you kind of have to sit there and you think, okay, maybe one of Denver's receivers, you know, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Jerry, yeah. I could see, I could see going after Sutton or Judy. Yeah. Like that could be a potential option. Yeah. Um, you sit there and think maybe. Scary Terry. <coughs> well, again. If Washington would be willing to, but even then he's one of their most reliable. Yeah. I don't know if they'd be willing to, cause they just recently paid scary too. So I don't know if they'd. Unless he tried to get away from the contract. Yeah. Make um, up some space to get some other. Right, a lot of a lot of pieces, a lot of pieces, right? Um, and you kind of sit there and think, okay, you know, Seattle would they potentially probably not? Um, San Francisco, they're they're locked into their guys. Um, Rams don't really have anybody. I'm just kind of going through the teams in my head. Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of teams that you could potentially try to trade target. That's why I was so high on T Higgins because it just made a lot of sense. Denver could be again a, another option. Yeah, um, especially with just. Everything Denver's going right, through. right. I, I don't think Waddle or Devonta Smith's getting traded. No, I think I don't like. I don't because at that. first I would have said Chase Claypool, but then he just recently got traded to Miami. Got Miami. Yeah, so. I don't think like anybody from Cleveland. I don't think anybody from Baltimore. I don't think anybody from Pittsburgh. What about um, Oakland? You mean Vegas or yeah, Vegas? Vegas. Uh, I mean, you're not giving up Devonta, uh, Devonta Adams because no. I just don't think he's he he wants to stay in Las Vegas. And then Jacoby Myers, I don't know how much of an upgrade he is over Adam Thielen at this point. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, the Carolina's in a really tough spot, point, point proven. Um, and I just think Bryce Young right now, even with Anthony Richardson's injuries, which we'll get into that here. Maybe in a try to go after D Hop. No, even that, he's, D Hop's on his last legs. Yeah, at this but point. that's why I said you might be able to get him cheap. No, but the, the thing is, is I think what Carolina wants to do long is term, a long term build where, like, again, Chicago got DJ Moore because they yeah. want him and Justin to grow together, essentially. Even though DJ Moore is not the youngest receiver, he's he's not like on no, the No, he's back a wide receiver one that's a s- right. solid. Yeah. And again, it's just Carolina, they did all this to get the number one pick, which I don't know if you also saw. Um, there was dissension in the building. Mm-hmm. Like, there was, I don't know if you remember, but there was. I think Reich was really pushing for C.J. Stroud to get drafted. Yep. Um, and ultimately, kind of the owner came in and was like, "No, we're going to go with the kid from Alabama." And um, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking great for them right now because C.J. Stroud is balling out in Houston. Yeah. So. Do you think the Colts would uh, maybe give up uh, Pittman? No. Or Downs? No. I think they they really like their young receiving core and Pittman and uh, Richardson have a really nice connection when they're healthy, obviously. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think Carolina's an interesting spot. I think Denver's probably the most likely. T. Higgins would be the best case scenario, and then anything else other than that is just kind of reaching or unforeseeable at this point. Yeah, I think T. Higgins is really going to be your best bet. Which again, you would have to basically go to Cincinnati, and that's because I told 
I, I told my brother off air, I was like, look, if Cincinnati lost to Arizona, which, spoiler alert, they didn't, yep. they would be one and four. Um, Burrow probably at that point wouldn't have looked good. Nope. And then you were sitting there kind Who of with the lost season. Still playing with an injury. Right. And it's just... Yeah. At that point, just rest him. Right. It, at that point, you would sit him down. Yes. Trey T. Higgins. Yep. And... Just you know. call just call it a season. Exactly. So, but now they've won, and now they're only a game out of the AFC North. That seems a little less unlikely. So I like I said, I think Sutton or Judy probably gets traded to Carolina. Yep. Um, we'll see which one, if and when. So moving yeah. on over to the next game then. Uh Tennessee Titans and Indianapolis Colts. Uh 2316. Uh yeah, Colts are now in Minshew Mania mode for a while. Yeah. Um four to Maybe six games. Yeah, well, yeah, four to six weeks. Uh, it's an AC sprain in his throwing shoulder, which is never good. Nope. Um, Minshew came in, did what he needed to do. Eleven got for the fourteen, one hundred fifty-five yards. Right. So Tannehill still not the answer in Tennessee. Um, twenty-two for thirty-four. Also, too, Derrick two. Henry kind of on his last legs as well. Yeah. DeAndre, this team just feels old and needs a reset. Like he, this team just feels like they need a booth a you know, breath of fresh air. You know who's in a really interesting predicament is the Colts with the running back situation now. Eh. I, you go, Jonathan Taylor, pre- you finally give him money. Yeah. And then Zach Moss, 23 carries, 165 yards, two touchdowns. Predicament isn't the word I would use. I would call it a really good situation because Jonathan Taylor. We sure, sp- for split carries, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's you have now two guys that Moss, this is the best he's looked ever. So would you say Moss would be a goal line kind of guy driving the touchdowns, and I, then you have Jonathan Taylor for? I think it, it, at best case scenario for Moss, like if we're projecting right, like three weeks from now, mm-hmm. I would say Taylor retakes the majority of the backfield, and Moss still has a secondary role of complementing him because yeah. you don't pay a guy that much and then just not have him be your lead back. Whereas Moss, listen, he's going to get the job done. He clearly, you know, 23 for 165. Well, two receptions for 30 yards as well. No, and I get that. But it's just Taylor is a do-it-all guy as well, and he's proven to be a bell cow that, again, you just gave money to. I still think he, like you said, kind of needed to wear off the rust, yep. um, get into practice. Like, I think next week he's going to have more than six carries. I'm just going to say that no, right now. No, 100%. He should. <laughs> yeah. And if he doesn't for some odd reason, then there is still Red some flag. hatred against yeah. him for some reason. And I'm like, why did you sign him then? <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, that post that um, uh, the Colts owner, Ursay, yeah. Did you see that after no, they signed him? What did he say? No. Oh, yeah, we're so happy to sign Jonathan Taylor. You know, um, he's a great player. Get like, bent, Ursay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, one of the worst owners in the league now at this point. I'd say in sports, but yeah. I'm, well, there was a guy who owned a football team for a little bit. That was Well, then he doesn't worse, own anymore. No, he <laughs> sure don't. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I think Indy's in a really good situation. And now with Minshew kind of taking over, you're not throwing all the expectations on him. Because again, you have two running backs and you have a really capable group of wide receivers yeah indy's not out of it by any means nope so uh yeah so that about does it uh Tannehill is uh just washed washed be, be retired uh moving on over dolphins giants uh giants again without saquon so not much of a run game going on there uh and then not much of a quarterback situation going on there daniel jones the I thing, mean, the thing is, is 14 the, for 20, yeah. 119 yards. Yeah, no, this is not a great game for the Giants offense that, again, why did you prioritize giving Daniel Jones the football yeah. when in last year you clearly showed you are not willing to give full trust in the offense to Daniel Jones? Yep. 
It makes no sense. And Dayball's literally sitting up there throwing his hands up on the sidelines like, what are you doing? What are you looking at? This is not a typical Daniel Jones game in terms of like he had like an you know turnover or anything, but he just did not look impressive whatsoever. Meanwhile, the A train left the station there for 11 carries, 151 yards, and a touchdown. So it's A Chan, not A Chain. No, but he's a train. Uh, but he is a train. Yes. The That's, A train. Oh, okay. I I it was saying. a play on. There you go. Okay. I, yes. Misplay I, on the mispronunciation of his name. I like. I no, gotcha. I meant to do it. <laughs> yes. They're running back. Whatever. He will get the train status. What? Just trucking people. All well, right. unfortunately, the train is going to be off the tracks for a while. Yes. As he's is. now been put on IR. It's a real shame. Uh, he looked like a really explosive rookie. Tyreek Hill called him a top three fastest guy on the team, which if you get Tyreek Hill of all people yeah, did right. say that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, look, eight, eight Chan, 11 carries, 151 yards, a touchdown. Raheem Mostert, 10 for 65 and a touchdown as well. They're, you know, they're going to be fine at running back. They also have Jeff Wilson coming back. They're fine at running back. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek uh, Hill. Did Tyreek Hill things like he should? Eight, eight receptions, eight. 181 yards. And a touchdown. touchdown. So here's what I'll say, too. Um, to Tua, 22-30, 3-0-8, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I get it, right? Like, Tua is having a good year. But those two interceptions, Brendan, if you watch that game, those were bad interceptions. I'm not denying that, but... Let me, let me get through it, okay? The first one, he was in the red zone... He, I don't know what he was looking at. This that it was not as bad as Quinn Ewers, but it was it was in the vicinity because he threw that into traffic, got batted up, interception. Giants take it away for pick six. Yep. The next interception, again, what is he thinking? He just needs to take the sack. He overthrows a uh, drag route that the Giants pick off, and they run it decently down. My point with Tua is right. Is he? And we've got into it with Brock Purdy a couple weeks ago when you were on the pod. He and Tua are in very similar S situations where Brock Purdy is actually in a better situation because of the defense he has in. And yeah. I slightly like Shannon more than McDaniel. But Tua is in a spot, right, where they're getting the most out of Tua. Clearly, he's surrounded by Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, great running game, brilliant offensive, uh, you know, minded head coach. Yep. Just now the defense to also back him up, right? He, to me, still has these moments where it's just like, right when you think, like, okay, you're just fully, like, Colin, you were completely wrong about this guy. He does stuff like this where you're just like, I don't love that. I don't. And he did, he had a pretty good day overall. I'm not saying he had a bad day by any means. But I just, what I wonder is, is when you have to sit there and pay him, right? And he could be paid after this season. You know, when you're not able to afford all this talent that you have surrounding him, how does he look? Because right now, him on his rookie deal, similar to Brock Purdy, when you have all this talent surrounding him, he looks really good, and he deserves credit for making the throws that he's making and being better than replacement-level guys. I'm not saying that. I think Tua, though, there's some question marks in terms of giving him a Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, that kind of level of deal. You know, I think NFL needs what baseball has, cash consideration. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would help Miami. Here's the thing. If... My whole argument is right. If you would you pay Tua right now, and I'm assuming this is yes, but would you pay Tua right now a larger contract than you would pay Joe Burrow? Because he would be the next in line to get an extension, so he would naturally get paid because of the market more than Burrow, who just signed a record-breaking deal of over 50 million a year. Would you pay Tua that? You got to try to negotiate so you can keep all your talent. That's I mean, that's the biggest thing because what, you're going to okay. be like, do you want to be a winning, successful team? Okay. 
we can't pay you this much and keep all these pieces here for you to use. So then you're on my side then. Because you're clearly... If you, if you think, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to get paid, but I'm saying, do no, you want to build a winning paid. team? You have to be smart. No. I don't want to see Miami end up in the Minnesota situation. The thing is, is also too, and Kirk didn't even get paid like exorbitant, but he got paid a, a guaranteed money. For but Kirk he, Cousins, he got paid just... Asinine no, I'm saying for money. no, I'm saying for the regular quarterback market, like he didn't get paid in terms of like the top top yeah, level. But it was that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it was fully guaranteed. Yes, my point is, is that if you're not willing to just give two of the money the way that you were able to give Burrow, Herbert, yep. like all these guys, Mahomes, then he shouldn't be considered this top level guy. And that's the only thing that I've ever said about him. I would say Cincinnati also should have done. Like you try to talk to Burrow and be like, "Hey, we want to build a good team around you. We want to keep." Well, guys. Then you could argue that, but it's, it, that's just my mindset, though. With every team, okay. Right. You go to Tua, right? Like, let's say we're the adult. I, I represent Tua. Sure. I he I come back to you, and you you just said what you said. Yep. Okay, we're gonna try to do it. I say no. Tua wants his money. Tua wants his. He's had his concussion history. He's had you know times where he's gotten benched. You've during the Dolphins ten, his tenure, right? They've been in on Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, and Deshaun Watson at some point or another. Yeah. Right? You've been through all this. My client wants to get paid the most amount of money. Let's say you. Are you signing it to that deal? I'm trying to think of the quarterback market on who you could possibly try to go after at that point. So then you wouldn't be committed to Tua? I would say no, because even if I'm Miami, I would be like, I could get Kirk Cousins cheaper, and then at that point, I still have okay. a decent team. See, that's... So, that, but that's, for, that, again, I'm doing the money game now. See, I get it that it's fun to make fun of me because it gets me all riled up whenever you go Tua or Bo Nix. That's what all I've been saying about Tua. I will say Tua's a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Oh, well, that's fair. I don't, I but I'm also saying, but from the aspect of if I own a team, though... I'm going to try to keep all my main pieces there because I'll be like, I know Kirk Cousins can utilize all these wide receivers at that point, right? T and I know I have a running back game behind it. Tua is closer to Kirk Cousins than he is the top guys in the league. Whomever you think that may yeah. be. Yeah, no, I'd agree. So that's, that's all I'd I'm say saying. He, Tua falls right at like out of every top. He falls out of the top five. I'd say throw him at like eight, maybe. I Like I said, I disagree, but even then, it, you get to a certain point and I just, I don't know. I don't think he's that that guy. He he deserves to be in the MVP. I said it in the podcast over the past few weeks. He deserves to be in the MVP conversation. And Bo Nix deserves to be in the Heisman conversation for how they've played so far. Yeah. My whole point is, is that I don't think they're the top level echelon of their respective sports. And, well, I say we agree to disagree. Okay. Well, it's going to be a constant agree to disagree. Oh, 100%. Like I said, it'll be very interesting because if Tua finishes the year, let's say, because he, by the way, still haven't seen Tua in a playoff game. Yeah. Just no, for the record. We haven't. Um, if Tua finishes the year, let's just say, you know, wins the division, gets out of the wild card round, loses in the divisional. You don't think Tua is going to try to get a Joe Burrow plus level contract? He can try. I'm just saying. I don't think any team would give him a Joe Burrow contract. Okay. And we'll, he needs to we'll see. have to lower his standards on that one. Okay. So. We'll see. Moving on over. Uh, Saints, Patriots. Patriots uh, going after the cable. You talk about, I was about to say, you want to talk about washed Matt yeah. Jones. Yeah. Which Matt Jones, by the way, was like right earlier today, named the uh, starter for New England. This upcoming yeah. next week. So clearly they just don't have a lot of faith in Zappy or Jones at this point. Nope. And you're just, again. Derek Carr rebound game. Um. Yeah, coming back from injury, eighteen to twenty-six, two touchdowns. But we can't take a lot from this broken team. 
I don't nope. think <laughs> that's yeah, that's really about it. Yeah. Uh, moving on over, Raven Steelers, one of the closer games, which was weird. Ha- this is this is so classic Pittsburgh that they win a game like this where they could not offensively do anything for the first three quarters, put up fourteen, and somehow sneak away with the victory. I'll say this: ten drops by Baltimore pass catchers, dude. Like Lamar was going through it, and I'm listen. I had questions about Baltimore going into the season. I thought their offense still kind of has shaky moments. Yep. They did him no favors. No, he was this past Sunday. He was on his own. He couldn't really, you know, just get any kind of, you know, rhythm going. Rashad Bateman, former first round pick, had a you know literally a touchdown on his chest that just yeah. let him go slip through his hands. You can't put it any better. Yeah, than that. Andrews had one that he dropped. Um, they, they have no run game. Yeah, it's you know it it, it sucks what happens besides this, Lamar. <laughs> yeah, right. Lamar is the run game, and it sucks what happened to J.K. Dobbins. This team is just they got to help Lamar out. You yep. know, I understand they paid him a lot of money, and Lamar should be doing those things. He put a lot of passes on target that should have been caught. Yeah, you pay Lamar a lot. He's giving you what you're giving him, and then he's not getting really much in return. Yeah, so I, I agree. Mean, yeah, they just have it's to the play predicament. Better. Maybe they need a number one wide receiver. <laughs> I mean, I like Isaiah Flowers, but he's just at his size, right? He's basically relying on him to get off in press yep. and create separation and get open. Yep. And Lamar will find him, but he's also not the most physically imposing receiver as well. Yeah. Uh, moving on over to next game, Eagles-Rams. Eagles just gone Eagle and win 23-14. This was one of those games where the Rams weren't sure what we thought about them. This was a good uh, indicator. And yeah. Eagles, listen, they are Brendan's pick to win the Super Bowl, correct? Yep. And look, they Hertz, are playing like it. They're playing good. I think they, outside of San Francisco, I think you could say they play better than any team in the NFC. Yeah. Up to this point. Um, yeah. Hurts looked really good. Uh, DeAndre Swift has established himself as the lead back there. Um, AJ Brown is really caught fire. He's like three straight games of 100 plus yards. Yep. Goddard had a good game. Uh, Stafford. Listen, they're they're a team that's going to be a tough out for anybody, and they were in it in the fourth quarter, but they just they don't have the necessarily the the dudes to compete with the Philadelphia. Philadelphia has dudes. Jalen Carter might be the best defensive tackle already in the NFL, mm-hmm. and he went to them at pick what was it nine or ten, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's an absolute. Mo- he single handedly wrecked the Rams game plan in any attempt of trying to run the football. Yep. He was a monster in this game. Moving on over to uh, the spoiler alert that we gave earlier. Uh, yeah, the Bengals won against the Cardinals, which should have been a thing and not kind of as close of a game as it was. Yeah, this was a lot of experts' upset pick of picking Arizona because since he was still favored, minus three on the road, and yeah, since he looked like Cincy. Yep, so Dobbins did not do well, and Arizona has said they're going to move on from Kyler Murray. Dobbs, <laughs> Dobbs um, looked like Dobbs. 15 for 32. Now, did they say they're moving on from Kyler, or is it like... That's what their plan is. So, you think? Yeah. I I think Kyler will still get in there um, just to showcase his talent. Like, he'll force his way on the field. Like, he'll make it up. He literally is better. He is. I don't... Well, I don't think he's also healthy at this point. Like, I still no. think he needs time to recover. Yeah. But. Like, he just now hit the point where players mm-hmm. start to come back early. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see what happens there. Um... Jets Broncos. Oh, wait. No, one last thing. Oh, go ahead. 7 Eleven. You know who's I'm referring to when I say that? Who? Jamar Chase. 
because that man is always open. He, he 15 was. receptions, 192 yards, three touchdowns. When Jamar Chase explodes, with all due respect to Diggs, um, Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, whoever you want to put at his top receivers. Puka. Yeah, any. Yeah, <laughs> Um, Jamar hey, Chase. His name deserves to be thrown in. Hey, listen, respect the Puka. Puka, we're Puka fans over here. Jamar Chase, when he explodes, it is unlike anything you see in the National Football League as a receiver. Yer. And he had a coming out party, and he said, 7-Eleven, I'm always open. And Burrow found him for all three touchdowns. Just get number one the ball. Get Uno the ball. That's all you have to do at this point. Yeah. So, but yes, continue. Sorry. Moving back over, Jets, Broncos, uh... Yeah, it was a game. Yeah. Uh, hey, the Nat Hackett revenge game, baby. <laughs> they did this for Nat Hackett. Yeah. Sean Payton. Here's the thing, right? I I, I got to say this. So one of the early kind of storylines of when we were doing the podcast, when we first started, right? When Sean Payton could help Denver. Well, no, I'm talking about like when we first started last year oh. during the NFL season. So we said that Russell, Russell more Wilson, bathrooms than touchdowns. But it had to do with Russell Wilson, but we were, I had came out and said, like, I thought Seattle made a mistake trading away Russell Wilson prior to prioritizing Pete Carroll. I was clearly wrong about that. Pete Carroll ended up being a now still successful head coach leading Geno Smith and the Seahawks and Russell Wilson has not looked great. Although he's looked better this year, which we'll get into in a second. Sean Payton. Did we give too much credit because he had Drew Brees for all those years. And it's really easy when you have the guy who, literally has broken multiple passing yard records, kind of just living off of that. And then the second Drew Brees kind of retires and you had one year without Drew Brees, you're like, ah, I'm going to kind of retire because I don't want to deal with this. Oh, I see another quarterback that can has an opening that could be potentially really good. I'm going to go in there. And look, Russ has not been the solution, but he hasn't been the problem. No. Sean Payton deserves, I would argue, the majority of blame. Because he came out with that USA Today article in which he trashed Nathaniel Hackett. He said the coaching was the biggest problem, like one of the worst coaching jobs in NFL history. And nope. I don't see much improvement. I don't know about you. No, not really. And this is a guy that we thought about as one of the great coaches of his era. And listen, Russell Wilson's doing his thing. Like 20 and 31. You realize he's tied for second in the NFL in uh, touchdowns this year? Russell hmm. Wilson. I did not, actually. Yeah. Like he's. He's not, I would argue, back to prime Russ by any means. He just doesn't have the explosiveness, the escapability that he had during his time in Seattle. He has not been the issue. He has done, I think, a really good job of executing Denver's offense despite a lot of dysfunction. And, yeah, I think Sean Payton, listen, we're going to see this. We're going to preview a matchup with this team on Thursday Night Football. Listen, Russ, I think, will do decent in that game. But I think Sean Payton should get a larger spotlight put on him with the very un-Sean Payton coaching job he's done this year. It's not been good. Yep. Also, Brees Hall, nice. Yeah, 22 <laughs> carries, 177 yards, and touchdowns. I was about to say, speak of the spotlight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Man good? So. Yeah, I, he looks healthy. He, yes. They finally took the uh, the uh, training wheels off. He's He's ready to go. Yep. Moving on over to the Chiefs and my Vikings. Uh, it was a close game. It was, I would argue, a lot closer than a lot of people would have thought. Yep. Kirk Cousins, listen, in these kind of like non-standalone games, can perform with the best of them. And Pat didn't necessarily have the cleanest game around in terms of like 
all around, but he ultimately made the plays that needed to happen. Uh, Travis Kelsey also got injured in this one. Um, here's what I'll say about this, and this is you'll you'll laugh at this. If the Swifties can help get rid of turf in the NFL, yeah, uh, I will. We'll take your help. Yeah, we'll take anything because I'm We're so all sick tired, tired of turf. Of I'm so tired of it. It nearly took away one of the best players in the game, and I'm not a fan of turf. Yeah, didn't help. Also, Justin Jefferson, as we kind of previously mentioned, he's now going to be on the shelf for at least four weeks as he goes on IR with a hamstring injury. Which raises the question, do you trade Kirk Cousins? I Listen, man. I And it, just call it, it a season. If you're Atlanta, if you're the maybe the Jets. Because Colt McCoy was out there practicing. <laughs> I just, dude, I don't think it's far off. Because if you're not invested in Kirk Cousins long-term, what are you doing holding people up? If I'm Justin Jefferson, I'm not stepping back on the field with the Minnesota Vikings unless I receive a deal that fits my standards. Because now you're sitting here thinking... Which they offered him a deal that would make him the number one paid wide receiver. Well, again, and we don't know the structure of it, like, you know, how many guarantees are assuming you got to give him more guarantee money. Is probably Probably. what he's wanting. Probably. But... If if I'm Justin Jefferson, give me I'm getting myself paid during this time because now I'm out here getting hurt for a one in four team in which I've been balling out consistently. Yep. And I yeah, I'd be holding out, trying to get some money. And look, if if they do move on for Kirk Cousins, now you're gonna be potentially drafting another rookie QB that Justin Jefferson will have to build chemistry for. And he's ready to take off. He's ready to, you know. Yep. He's so, trying to break records here. Yeah, so very interesting situation that could happen in Minnesota. Uh, Kansas City's Kansas City. They're they're still an elite team. So, man, we them boys, huh? All right, let's get into this one. I really wanted Andrew on for this specific game because I know he would have been on Just my the, butt for this one. Dak Prescott, I'm not going to throw ten interceptions this year. He's got four. <laughs> And it's we took the fast track this game against a San Francisco team. Here's what I'll say, right? San Francisco, I would argue, is the best team right now in the NFL. Brock Purdy's him. Brock Purdy, 17 of 24, 252, four touchdowns. This, I would argue, is his best performance as an NFL pro. George Kittle, my goodness. Yeah. A couple touchdowns for just just a couple. Three. Three. Three, yeah. <laughs> Uh, McCaffrey didn't, wasn't even that crazy this game. Jordan Mason came off the bench and did some nice relief work. Uh, Brandon Ayuk also had a really good game. The Niners, look, this is what I expect. I, I, I've said kind of what I needed to say about Purdy, Tua, et cetera. Um, so I'm really going to focus on Dallas, okay? Okay. Dallas, this is somebody that you just cannot beat. And I said it, you know, last week, and I'll say it again. I thought San Francisco was going to win this game. I thought it would be closer. I was wrong about that. And Philly at this point deserves to be a tier above them. Here's what I'll say. San Francisco, Philly, right? Wherever you want to argue them, I know you're a Philly guy. Those two are the top two in the NFC. They're in a tier by themselves. Yep. I still think, despite this performance, Dallas is in that second tier with, along with Detroit and along with, I would argue, Seattle. So those three teams, and then after that, you could argue like Atlanta, New Orleans, uh, other teams in the NFC, like mm-hmm. behind that, right? The reason why is I know Dallas suffered a lot of injuries in the defense. Obviously, Trayvon Diggs is out for the year. Uh, Jordan Lewis went, uh, got injured in this game. Lane Vander yep. got injured. Yep. Um, I'm thinking they're missing somebody, but I digress. Dallas cannot beat the San Francisco team. Kyle Shanahan, along with Brock Purdy, and this stacked roster is a team that I feel like is destined to go to the Super Bowl. 
However, I do not think that it's out of the realm of possibility that Dallas can't rebound and still make a very competitive season. For the record, if any Dallas fan is listening out there, and maybe this was the confusion with me and Andrew, if you ever thought Super Bowl was on the cards for this year, I don't know who you're listening to. It wasn't me. Because I never thought that. I had them well, making the NFC Championship game out of respect because I thought that their defense, along with you know the rushing game of Tony Pollard and Dak, like I said, would be more focused on not turning the ball over. We clearly see how mm-hmm. that went this past Sunday. I did not think Dallas was a Super Bowl winning team. I'll I did not think that. I'll tell you who, who told them that themselves. Yeah. Every year. I, it's, it's one of those things where, like, me and my brother, we were sitting there and... Um, I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what happened there. My brother was sitting there, and we were having this argument right after the Cowboys game on Monday. And he was sitting there, like, the season's over, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, the season's not over. I mean, y'all can still, you know, do something. And we were having this back and forth, and he was like, what? Like, Dak stinks. Like, all of a sudden, and my brother's going off on the Cowboys, right? And then he brought up the point that this was supposed to be our year. And I was like, wait, did you think this was a Super Bowl year? And he was like, yes, dude. Everyone had us. And I was like, not me. And you're talking to me right now. I don't know who thought this Dallas team led by Mike McCarthy and Dak Prescott with Dak. Did you see Mike McCarthy's halftime uh, interview that he did in a game where you could not run the ball? He said, coming out of the second half, they were asking, what changes are you making for the second half? He's like, oh, we just need a more balanced attack. We're really going to try to focus on rushing the ball against that San Francisco front. Arguably them in Philadelphia having the best two fronts in football. Why? I don't know. And it was to their downfall because, look, they were trying to build Dak into a guy that could work off play action, see some open holes in the San Francisco defense. You will not be able to do that. The point that Dallas plays San Francisco in the postseason as currently constructed, they will lose. Now, I predicted that they will be competitive with Philadelphia. I still think they can because Philly's back end on their defense worries me a little bit, even though Philly, again, their front on both sides of the football is really good. I still think Dallas can compete in that division. Dallas has a reasonable chance against Philly, Detroit, and Seattle, which those teams I look like at either above them or on their level. If they go up against San Francisco in, say, like hypothetically the wild card round, they will lose in the wild card. If you go up against San Francisco in the divisional, you will lose in the divisional. If you go up against them in the conference championship game, you will lose to San Francisco. The thing is, is that Dallas still, I think, could, you know, rebound, look better, this next week, I think Dallas will have a rebound game personally against the Chargers, but that's, I digress. Dallas is not who some Cowboys fans thought they were, and that's okay, because that's still a team that can compete in the NFC, a weaker conference, and potentially get back to their NFC Championship game for the first time in over 25 years. I still think that's on the cards for them. Super Bowl, however, if you ever thought that, I'm, I'm here telling you right now, this is October 11th. You're delusional. Delusional. Because Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy, that duo is not good enough to not only get to the Super Bowl, but win it. I don't care how good the defense is. I don't care if Trayvon Diggs is still healthy. Yep. You, they were not. They were never being the San Francisco team, ever. Nope. So, listen, I, this is one of those where, I, like I said, Dallas could still make it competitive with the rest of the teams in the NFC. They're not beating San Francisco. No. So Moving on to teams on bye week. Uh, Cleveland Browns having some weird stuff going on with Deshaun Watson, who got cleared from injury, but is reporting that he's planning on not playing. He's he's having some issues with the locker room because guys are sitting there wondering why he's not playing. They think he should be good to go. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see how he looks next week. Yep. Uh, Chargers 
just chilling on bye week. Seattle chilling on bye week, and uh, Baker Hemfield and the Buccaneers chilling on bye <laughs> Baker week. Baker Hemfield. Um, yeah, so they'll we'll obviously get to them. They're coming off a of bye week. It, Seattle, by the way, really needed this bye week. I said before the season I was not a fan of the week five bye week. It could not have come at a better time for us because we were banged up. Yup. On all sides of the football. So getting into this Monday night game, though, really quickly, the mid-off of Jordan Love versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh. I'm out on Jordan Love. I was just wanting to avoid it. I'm out. I, the, the only reason I wanted to, I am out on Jordan Love. Jimmy Garoppolo, speaking of, like we were talking about earlier with San Francisco, Jimmy looked really good when he had all this talent surrounding him and he wasn't getting paid like the max amount of money. Yep. Jimmy now, we see as him in a regular team for Las Vegas, is not that guy. Nope. I couldn't tell you who looked like the better quarterback going into that game because I wasn't unsure. Jimmy Garoppolo was the better quarterback. And with Jordan Love, who's now sat on the bench for how many years that he has, I don't care. Like, I get that this is his first year starting. I'm out. He's not the guy. He's going to be a guy that ultimately Green Bay is going to be disappointed in and they need to get off of sooner rather than later. I don't know how what their record's going to look like and if they'll even be in contention to drafting their QB that they would be interested in. Love's not it. He's yeah. just not it. I, I'm out. Like I, Love will not be a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. No. And I'm not just saying that because of this game. I, the way I watch him, he still makes mistakes that you should not make. He is a slow decision maker at times. And this is with a guy, Matt LaFleur, who's a really good play caller. You have capable wide receivers. I get it that Aaron Jones has been out. And Bakhtiari was also um, ruled out of the season before this game. I'm out. I'm out on Jordan Love. There, I mean, I was never out on, I never was in on him being like an elite guy, like a Mahomes, a, you know, yeah. Burrow, any of those guys. I'm not even sure he could be a tier two. Like a, you know, like a, like we were saying, like a Tua, like a Kirk Cousins, like a yeah. uh, Derek Carr. He is not Dak a Prescott. Aaron Rodgers following up Brett Favre. Nope. Yeah. This is And that's what they were kind of hoping for. No. And this is and listen, you know what? New England having all their success, Green Bay having all their success. Now now welcome to the rest of us in the NFL that had to go through all this. Yep. So yeah. Moving on over to next week, week six. Well, this week's really matchups. Uh Thursday night football, we have the Broncos versus Chiefs. Chiefs should win that. Uh, we'll just move on to Sunday. <laughs> Ravens Titans. Um, ideally, I'd say Ravens, but at this point, who really knows? I yeah. So Tennessee's always, a t- and this is again in London, so that could also throw in a wrench into things. Yep. If Baltimore's pass catchers catch the ball, that's thrown right at their chest. Yeah, they win this game. Yeah. If they play offensively like they did against Pittsburgh, they will lose because yep. Tennessee, for all their flaws. With Mike Vrabel at the helm, they will make it competitive. Yep. Uh, moving on over, uh, Commanders Falcons. This um, this is an interesting one. This could be like one of those. Bijan can either go off, <laughs> or does Desmond day. does Desmond Ritter duplicate his last week performance? Yeah, I don't know. I think Washington could be a sneaky team on the road in that one. Yeah. Uh, now the Titans that go against each other, the Minnesota Vikings and the Cleveland Bears. The Chicago Cleveland, Bears. Chicago Bears. <laughs> All good, buddy. Um, I think in this one with J.J. out, I'm not sure what I'm expecting from Minnesota, and I think Chicago's really kind of found their footing. Um, I will say Minnesota's defense played really good against Kansas City. Yep. Like, I thought I was really impressed with their defensive performance. 
which leads me to believe like it's not out of the realm of possibility. Like if you go heavy, TJ Hawkinson, maybe Jordan Addison sprinkled in there, KJ Osborne. Could it be interesting? Sure. I don't know. Chicago at home feels like the play here. So here's what I wanted to get into though. Okay. With JJ out. Yes. You going KJ or you going Addison? Because I think Addison has more promise. Oh yeah. No, Addison's the number upside. two. Yeah. Or you know, number before. one now. Yeah, number one now. But yeah. No, Addison. I've said it, I don't know how many times on this podcast, I was so high on him as a wide receiver. Jackson Smith and Jigba can't get on the field for yeah. us. I mean, shoot, to tell you how high I was on him, too, I picked him fantasy and traded for him. Yeah. I did a trade that I was like, eh, I don't know how I feel about it, but it was mostly just to get Addison. We both targeted him in the draft. Like, it just yep. didn't fall that way. You ended up getting him. Yeah, he's, he's a really hey, good player. And it's now hopefully going to work out for me, being the number one wide receiver for a while. Yeah, so we'll see on that one. So, for those of y'all in fantasy... Maybe try to get Addison if you can get him for a steal. If maybe who, the owner isn't paying attention or using him, yeah, who knows? Yeah, be worth the pickup at least. Uh, moving on over, Seattle going up against Cincinnati. This could be potentially the game of the week. Um, the reason I say that Seattle's coming off a bye, they're going to be the healthiest they've been all season. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they had a bounce back performance. Yep. They're at home. Just throw it. This is this is if you're a better, I would stay the hell away from this game. Um, but yeah, I really think Seattle could give Cincinnati some trouble. I think Joe Mixon though too might do well. He could. With uh, the run. Yeah. Seattle, I will say the run defense has improved, but I also think that um Mixon will just he'll still get his. He's he's getting basically all the halfback work from um yeah. Cincinnati. It could be interesting. It just I think Burrow and them will try to pick on Witherspoon again, the rookie. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see how Jamar Chase matches up with him. Obviously, I probably would lean Jamar Chase, but you know, Witherspoon did have a really good week before yeah. the bye, so we'll see. Uh, speaking of Cleveland, like I said earlier, Cleveland Browns versus the 49ers. 49ers should win that matchup. They should. I will say, who the heck knows what's going on at QB? Here's the thing. If Deshaun Watson plays, or if they, I guess they go to P.J. Walker, I think. Yeah, it'd be P.J. Um, this could be an upset alert because San Francisco coming off a major high. You know, Dallas primetime Sunday night football. George Kittle had the F Dallas t-shirt. Like, it was clearly a game that San Francisco was invested in. Literally, Debo said it. It is. It was personal. Yep. Traveling on the road to a 12 o'clock game to a team that, you know, the, listen... Cleveland's not the most highly respected team, but their defense, legit. If Watson or P.J. Walker plays, don't be surprised if that game is closer than what meets the eye. You know, and I just got to say this too. Big Brock hasn't lost a game that he hasn't gone to the hospital. Yeah, a regular season game. Yeah. No, he hasn't. He has not lost a game in which he hasn't had to go to the hospital afterwards. Yeah. I get like a hundred percent. That's why I'm just saying, really, he hasn't lost a regular season game. Well, no, he when, well he hasn't lost. Period. Yeah. Yeah. No, I get it. When you go out hurt and yeah, you have to go to the hospital. Yep. So he probably would have won, just because it's just the Mister Irrelevant is not irrelevant. No, he, he was severely <laughs> underdrafted. Yes. Severely. That was the steal of the century oh. for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on over, Dolphins Panthers. Yeah. Should be a victory for Dolphins. You would think. Miami, so. this should be one where Tua has a really good day. Tyreek has damn near 200 yards. And I'd say Waddle has a good day as well. Yep. Uh, moving on over from there, here's an interesting matchup. The Colts-Jaguars. Jacksonville taking on the Colts after their week one matchup in which Jacksonville took the dub. Yep. Um, we'll see what Minshew can do. 
this defense for Jacksonville is really starting to heat up a little bit. So I want to see the Colts offensive line versus the Jacksonville pass rush. Um, but yeah, Jonathan Taylor is also usage that we talked about earlier. Could be an interesting one. Yep. Moving on over, C.J. Stroud and the Texans go on to take the Saints. Now, again, Stroud, up until that kind of last drive that he had, didn't have the greatest game. I want to see how he does against this New Orleans Saints defense with Dennis Allen um, leading the way. I think it could be one of those ones where, again, Houston's at home. New Orleans may have found their footing last week. We'll see. Um, I want to see how C.J. Stroud responds after that last week's performance. The uh, solidified starter, Mac Jones <laughs> and the Patriots. You want to talk about a mid-off, Jesus. Take on the Raiders. I don't yeah. I don't like anybody in that game. I would focus on these next couple games we're about to mention to watch instead of choosing that one. Uh, Cardinals-Rams? Eh. I think Joshua Dobbs has proven that he can make things interesting. Yep. But I like the Rams in that matchup, especially after losing to Philadelphia. I think Sean McVay is going to come in with a really good yep. game plan. Uh, another game where it's meh. I mean, Eagles, Jets, Eagles should win. Yeah. It, Brees Hall had himself a coming out party last week. The Eagles are the second hardest team for running backs to go up against. Um, Garrett Wilson maybe could have a sneaky good day. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Philly, I would expect to take care of us on the road. Now here's one of my favorite matchups this week. Detroit versus the Buccaneers. Okay. I think it'll be a really fun game to watch. Baker Mayfield's been really high. Now he's coming off a bye week. Can he continue what he's been doing? Mm -hmm. Or is Detroit's defense going to give him a lot of trouble? Because, boy, have they been putting the pressure on the quarterback. This is, to me, I, I know you're going to be focusing on the Baker aspect. To me, I'm more focused on Detroit and how they do on a road versus a matchup. All due respect to Baker, they should win. Because no, now we're, we're, I agree that the Lions should win. Yeah, I think... The Lions, on paper, 100% better team. Right. I think this is to show, like we were talking about tiers, right? Yep. How good is Detroit? Because a good team or a really great team takes care of business even on the road. Yeah. And again, 325 game, coming off a performance like you did against Carolina. All right, let's see what you got. And Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs should be back in the lineup, I think, for both. So yep. they should be fully loaded. Although Dan Campbell's already kind of said Montgomery's going to keep kind of the role that he has. Right, but I mean... so. A nice little wrinkle here, here and there. So, so yep. Uh, I guess that was the big surprise about uh, what he would use Gibbs for, which is not really using Gibbs. Yeah, way to, <laughs> way to just hoodwink everybody. <laughs> Good lord. Uh, moving on over to the Giants Bills game for the Sunday night game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is hey. Speaking of Josh Allen. I he kind of had a slightly down week. Here's I would a bolster miss, game for him. I would I would expect Stephon Diggs on prime time. I'm I'm would, so happy for my fantasy matchup this week. I think it's I think it's a good matchup. I also have James Cook in it. I think he could score a sneaky little touchdown. I got that Allen Diggs combo yeah. there, which has been just I, lethal right the, now. I'm saying a minimum 100 yards, at least one touchdown. I'm on at least five catches. At now, least. Now, don't come talk to me on my bye week. I'm already <laughs> planning to lose that. So, I Yo, have. Oh, when they're on bye. <laughs> yeah, the bye week when it comes, I'm fully planning on losing that week. It would take a miracle for me to win. Fair. Uh, moving on over Monday Night Football. The Cowboys take on the Chargers. Could be one of the games of the week as well. Yep. I Here's what I'll say. Austin Eckler is expected to be active for this one. He is. Um, Herbert and company along with Kellen Moore who makes his return versus Dallas. Yep. I'm not going to lie, it probably will be a Dallas heavy 
home crowd <laughs> for the Chargers. Yes. Um, listen, man, I would not be surprised if Dallas comes out and has one of their better performances of the year. Yeah, what, it's their bounce back game. Here's what I'll say. So the next four weeks, Dallas, Monday night against the Chargers, bye week, uh, versus the Rams, and then taking on the Eagles. So by the time we get to November, we will know where we stand with this Dallas Cowboys team. Yep. Because those are three games that could go either way. And then the teams on bye week is uh, Packers, which, boy, do they, they need, need it. it. Yeah, they do. And the Steelers. Matt Canada should not be the play caller coming out of this week. week. Yeah. He is. I Did you see the during the Penguins game last night, the F Matt Canada chance? I heard it. Not a good look. I don't know if a, a city's ever just been so anti uh, coordinator before, but that's that was a new one for me. Yeah, it's it's not a good look. No, needless to say. So, but that about does it for uh, all the sports updates that we have today. Mm-hmm. So, like always, gotta end it on this day in sports. <clears throat> on this day, October 11th, <laughs> scary a little bit, just loud <laughs> in my headphones. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, back in 2020, NBA Finals, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Miami Heat 106-93 to in Game 6 to record their 17th title, equaling the Boston Celtics for the most in NBA history. Uh, LeBron James, first to win the award with three different teams. He won Finals MVP. Also, by the way, this website that we use... Um, couldn't get a LeBron James in a Lakers photo. Like, what the heck? He's there. They gave him a Cleveland photo. Cleveland! <laughs> you can still buy me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's been a long show. Go yep. ahead. Go ahead, brother. On this day in 1927, New York Yankees first baseman Lou Gehrig is named American League MVP despite hitting MLB record 60 home runs. Babe Ruth, as the former winner, is not eligible. On this day in 2020, British Mercedes driver Lewis Hamilton wins the Eiffel Grand Prix at German's Nürburgring uh, to equal Michael Schumacher's record of 91 Formula wins. He's obviously surpassed that up to this point. Um, shout out Lewis Hamilton. Uh, on this day in 1975, Islanders Brian Trotter's first career hat trick. Interesting. Now, listen, we had a fan request, a comment from a couple episodes ago. We're going to make true on this episode. Because on this day in 2000, South African Cricket Board issues former captain Hansi Kronje with a life ban as a result of match-fixing allegations. May not be the most positive cricket on this day, you asked. We saw your comments. We're going to give you the cricket. We will deliver. Yep. And uh, I don't know enough about cricket to really talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> hey, we, we, we gave it a shout out. We did. And finally, on this day in 1992, Deion Sanders plays for Atlanta Falcons and the Braves. The old Deion double. Yeah, well, speaking of which, the Braves are in trouble, so they need to get maybe, it together. Maybe call Deion. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he can help your program, too. <laughs> Get his sons probably play baseball? Probably. Yeah, you know. I mean, at this point, who knows? Right. Oh, I didn't hit record. Just kidding, because I'm not I, Andrew. Uh, All right.
everybody. On that note, we'll be heading on out of here. As always, listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube now. We'll be trying to bring you some video content here soon down the pipeline. And uh, leave a comment. Share the podcast with someone you know. Share with grandma. Maybe your grandma wants to listen to us. Or if she doesn't really want to listen to us and can't hear that well, still play it. Helps us out, right? So, peace! Peace!